Hello, everyone. This is episode 27 of the Late Night Grin. Uh, the world famous Late Night Grin, as it's known in some circles. I am Joseph James Holbert. I have had a wonderful Friday evening. And my, my co-host tonight, Robert O'Neill, has had an equally exciting evening. Haven't you, Robert? I have. I had a really nice night. <laughs> um, you may be a little bit confused as to the presence of the two gentlemen that are on the bottom half of the screen. Uh, they do appear pretty regularly here on the Grin Programming. However, both have warned me that their insight, particularly in this first hour of the evening, um, could be minimal. With that being said, I will give them an opportunity to speak for themselves. I first throw it to the immense Oracle of Wrestling. Oracle, how are you this evening? I've had a stressful day. Everything's fine. Okay. My insight and analyses of Friday Night Rampage will not be as exemplary. Yeah. If I would ever use that word for my, uh, <laughs> I like to keep going with it. <laughs> um, will not be quite as uh, 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 formidable. As it has previously, not, not quite as immaculate as usual. Yeah. Yeah. There were some, there were some, you know, things that were on my mind that yeah. I've been able, been unable to loosen from my yeah. thick skull. Uh, my God, um, that sounded graphic. It's fine. It's just you know, rough day at work. Okay, uh, but <clears throat> I will try to cheer up. It may take me a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll try and help on that front, okay? I would like, you know me, guys. <clears throat> I'm not like most of these wrestling media types, right? I'm not into the drama. <laughs> However, I do think there's kind of an elephant in the room here that we need to tackle. As I told you guys many months ago, that if there was ever any signs of heat between us as friends, we needed to tackle that openly and honestly. <laughs> and as I said, I had a wonderful evening. I saw The Godfather, a fabulous motion picture. I'm sure you've heard good things. Um, it'll be coming out soon, I think, in America. So, you know, I come out and I see this tweet and it's been sent to me around 25, 30 times and it's the Oracle of Wrestling. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure at one point you said, I want your knees to crumble in reference to mm. Robert O'Neill or something of that variety. Um, are we okay to just write this off as a result of a, a bad day, Oracle? <clears throat> I think that's fair to say. Uh, Bob is a friend of mine. Um, sadly, he doesn't feel the same. That's yep. okay. Um, but uh, just to let everyone know, to break kayfabe, that whole tweet was all in good fun. That was me not taking my anger out on Bob. I would have done the right. same tweet. I felt I called him a fucking piece of shit three <laughs> weeks ago, and I was at a, three months ago. Or every day runs together now, and I, it was you know I was in a great mood that day. Um, so there's 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 no different uh, there. I agree. However, um, we now have to turn the tables a little bit. Bobby, hmm. was your tweet in good fun in which you said, no, you do not want to meet your Twitter, Twitter friends in real life? Yes, it was, because I've met probably 50 of them at this point. Would you go as far to say, and this is how I read it, Oracle, so this is just me speaking myself, we are beyond Twitter friends at this point, right? Us four? 
Yes. I, I believe we are all close friends, yes. Based on the fact that we spend about seven hours of each other each week, which is more yeah. than I spend with anyone I know in real life at this point, I would say we are pretty close. But I think this would be a good time, Bob, knowing what we now know about Oracle's day and such, for you to be the big man here, the bigger man, I should say. Um, that's fine, Oracle. Let me uh, let me do this here. So this is my, my role in the team. Bob, I think it'd be a good time for you to just clear that up a little bit and apologize. Go ahead. Yeah, Oracle, you know, I'm um, sorry I said that. I'm sorry you had a bad day. Look forward to uh, hanging out with you at SummerSlam. Thanks, Bob. Should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to watching Alexa Bliss and Eve Marie 2 in Nashville, SummerSlam 2022. And that removes one drama as one still very much looms here on the StreamYard screen. The confirmed shoot is, is frozen. He is paralyzed by his own analysis here. Um, he has warned me that this could be his behavior tonight. I did not expect the sunglasses. However, it feels only right that I give him an opportunity. Shoot, do you have any comment here at the start of this week's Late Night Grin? Well, I want to take the opportunity <laughs> to address... Our great, um, I don't want to call them fans because that's fucking weird. Our friends, the Grinner Circle. I want to say hello to everyone. I hope everyone's having a good night. Um, I was having a good night till about 35, 40 minutes ago. Um, but I'm here. I'm fulfilling my duties as a member of the Late Night Grin. Um, I had to take the sunglasses off because, once again, I can't see anything without my glasses. So I was... <laughs> <laughs> the bit doesn't really work when I can't see anyone's reaction to it at all. Um, but yeah, I'm here. I may offer some insight. I'm probably not going to offer a lot because I don't want to be called mean names in the chat. Um, I am limitless. <laughs> okay thanks shoot i appreciate your professionalism you're welcome joe I'll, I'll give you a chance to comment on your dismay as we go but if you don't want to that's fine okay all right this is rampage baby that's what they bob do you know the rest of the lyrics to that song no uh, the show you've been waiting for at one point it says this is make or break hmm hmm I believe it claims that its bones are made of stone. No. Step inside the ring, and then there's, there's another bit I've forgotten, unfortunately. Um, anyway, that is the Rampage theme. Thanks for joining us on tonight's late night. No, 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 hang on a second. <laughs> we'll review the show. That's what we do right here. Andrade, El Idolo, Sammy Guevara, they opened the show. They had no entrance. They've done this before with the big hot open. I thought they had a good match. I think we, all, we can all agree they have better matches in them. And I think we're actually, based on how this was produced, I would actually say we're going to get a sequel to this at some point. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty confident of that. Uh, but what we got, I thought, was pretty damn good. I love the, the physicality that Shoot kind of alluded to a week mm -hmm. ago about how stylistically Sammy is, I think, a little bit different to what the general kind of assessment is. He kind of kicks the shit out of guys in there. <laughs> and they did some of that. I want more Andrade matches. I really, really do. Um 
I get the character is kind of not suited to wrestling too often, but I think there's a middle ground. What we got here, though, I thought was good. A a kind of preview of what these guys could do with more extensive runtime when there's less moving pieces, if that makes sense, with Matt Hardy and stuff. But I did like the match very much. I thought it was a good TV title match. Um, Bobby, what say you? Yeah, I liked it. Uh, you know, I really would have liked Andrade to win, but again, I think it's probably coming at some point. Um you know, the Matt Hardy stuff kind of did make it a little weird because it's yeah. like, you know, especially the foot on the ropes part because he didn't push it all the way off the ropes. So mm. it's like, I don't know what happened there. But like, yeah, overall, it wasn't bad. Like, uh, you know, I think they let off with what would be the best match. And uh, that's kind of what they do. And uh, it was good. Like, it lived up to it. It was probably my favorite part of the show. Yes. Um, Oracle. What do you think of this one, pal? Um. This seemed okay. Uh, I wanted it to be a little bit better than it was. It wasn't bad. Um, the thing that they did with like Matt Hardy pushing or the, the whole deal, there's there's something to that with like the foot on the ropes deal. Yeah. Or they wouldn't have gone through the replay. Um, I know that it's kind of like Matt and Andrade kind of like, you know, battling it out or whatever. But, I mean, obviously, this is obviously leading to Jeff coming in and the Hardys feuding with the private party under Andrade. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this is what we're going to get eventually, right? Um, again, I wasn't fully invested into the situation because of my day, but it seemed like Sammy kind of beat him clean. They had the... They did a deal where Matt pulled the buckle off. Okay. Andrade tried to use it at some point, and then later on, he kind of swept his leg and Andrade took a face bump, then the car, and then he pinned him. So Even with more that, it still felt almost clean. Well, they do – they kind of I, – I get what you mean because he pinned him with Moe, but they, the point they were trying to make was yeah. that one of the Matt's plans kind of backfired. That whole deal, uh -huh. you know? Um, I got it. There's a weird – like, I think Andrade is – and listen, I need to stress before I go any further that, like – He's legitimately one of my favorite wrestlers. And when he was the top guy in NXT, he was probably my favorite wrestler in the world. I think he's like really good still. There does, there's like a weird like pacing disconnect for me of his matches sometimes. And it feels like he he's kind of struggles to like transition between when he's just beating the fuck out of guys, which pops me. And like the kind of bridge between those spots. Um, which I don't think was a problem for him four or five years ago, and I'm, I wonder if it's just a lack of rhythm. And again, that's not me saying the match was bad. I just, it stood out to me a little bit for him in, in AEW. True or false, Andrade will be TNT champ in 2022. What are we saying, guys? That's it, true. Oracle, what do you think? Do we have to give true or false? I mean... Not you know me, I, I have to give my half answers and stuff, but I, I guess I'll go with true. Okay. Shoot, would you like to comment on the TNT title match? Three and a quarter stars. Okay. So would you say that was the highlight of the show for you, Shoot? That or Hook, okay. which we'll transition to here momentarily. Yes. We had a little angle here for the six-man at pay-per-view, which I think is the equivalent of throwing out the bat signal for – Angle alert regarding Matt Hardy, right? The fact that's on the pay per view, and uh -huh. you know, I get it. You can't have just nine singles matches. It's fine. Um, 
Okay, so QT came out, and there was this one particular crowd sound that happened here that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard make a wrestling show because they didn't maintain it. Did you guys notice this? There was, like, one initial, like, boo that was fucking incredible. <laughs> it was like a, it was like a string yard sound effect. And it was for QT, and he was... Uh, he pops me as a heel. I, I really think there's a place for this guys like this on every roster. Like he's full of shit. The commentators know his competence. They kind of give him some love on that regard. They don't like him. It's it's easy. And this is simple pro wrestling done well. Hook comes out with that awesome fucking entrance, and they just feed like four <laughs> QT stooges at him. The fourth, I think, didn't even like. He just walked away. Right. Mm. He has got a genuine presence and and truly feels cool in a way that quite frankly about four professional wrestlers in the world do and that may be pushing it um fucking ruled very effective the whole hook thing has been a home run uh shoot i'll go to you first on this because i know you liked it what do you think fucking ruled my favorite part was that they kept playing his music while he was yes. showing the guys around yeah um, more of that definitely. yeah um, um I like this a lot. It was all downhill from here. Okay. You've well, also, that's that's an exaggeration, but you've also froze, which is funny. I oh shit! I'm gonna leave it like that. You know what's funny? When like <laughs> shoot was still with the glasses on, I thought he had frozen again. Yeah. I wasn't sure. There was no point in me moving because I couldn't see anything that was happening, so I just kind of sat there. Yeah. I'm sure it's fun. <laughs> Bob, did you pop? Yeah, yeah, I did. And I like, you know, keeping the music on. I like when they did it with Mox the other day. Um, yeah, just really well done. Uh, you know, going to lead to a four-minute match or whatever at the pay-per-view where Hook just runs through QT. And uh, I'm here for it, man. That scared the fuck out of me when that overlay went down. I, I get now that it was shoot leaving. You didn't want it to look like shit, but that scared the life out of me. Oracle, did you pop for this angle, pal? Uh, I liked when Taz reacted to QT's promo. Yeah, he's great. Taz is the man. He rules. Um, okay, a little bit of love to the fleet here. I brought this up the other night. Oracle and I had some fun at its expense. The Scorpio Sky is being ducked angle, which is the most realistic angle in all professional wrestling because he legitimately can't get a television match, continues. He says they've been given a chance to qualify, but, he, but Dan said that they're instead going to get a title match before that guy does. Is that what happened here? Yeah. Yeah. So therefore, he's not going to be in the face. Of, is that what they said, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty much, yes. Did Dan not consider negotiating that instead Ethan be in that match? Or did that slip his mind? Um, I wish Dan Lambert would go away, but I was glad that this let angle me, wasn't completely forgotten. Um, let me say this. Okay, Oracle, go ahead. This Scorpio Sky thing is... It's beyond ridiculous at this point. Yeah. Yeah. This feels like a bizarre iteration of the Kurt Hawkins gimmick that they had or the or the Armstrong curse that that Jimmy Hart would book on Saturday Night Worldwide in 1999. Which is which is that but but it's even more meta. So Kurt Hawkins and the Armstrongs had this losing gimmick. They just lost continuously. Couldn't win. Yeah. 
Well, it seems to be the gimmick for Scorpio Sky is that he can't even make a fucking appearance on a television show. He can't even wrestle. They're ducking him, man. It, 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 forget ducking him. Everybody is. I mean, do you he think, can't even get a match with fucking Aaron Solo. Genuinely, do you think it's... Do you think it's like a pitch from Lambert? And he's kind because of, like obviously he's definitely managed guys in his shoot gig that can can't get fights because no one wants to fight them, right? Do you think that's where they've got this from? This idea? I I think that's what I I I feel like you're probably onto something here, but I don't think it works as well in wrestling. No, of course it doesn't. I mean, I've seen this. I mean, this is not. This isn't like. It'd be one thing if. You know. And I like Scrooge guy. I think he's a great wrestler. I think he's a great he personality. Is, he's damn good, man. Um, but it would work better if Lambert were to do it with a guy of a monster heel, yes, who was out here beating yeah. the crap out of people, you know, and occasionally a formidable mid Carter, and then saying, for example, that the world heavyweight champion or the TNT champion is ducking him. That makes sense. Yeah. What they're doing here is is he can't even. I mean, the guy can't even get a, you know, he he can't even get a match with with you know Cesar Bononi on on fucking Rampage or whatever. I mean, I, I, people don't watch the YouTube shows unless your name's Shoot. I also don't like, get. Uh, I mean, the the the, the they that don't felt like a shot, by the way. Well, kind of, but <clears throat> there was a match really. on Dark this week that you would have fucking loved. <laughs> I actually believe this. Yes. Um. It wasn't. It wasn't really. I mean, it was kind of a shoot, but not. It was kind of a shot, but not really. Um, it was just kind of me, just like trying to pop the chat. I don't. Um, I don't disagree with your your point. It's just, all it's, just a, it's just a dumb. Like I, I think you're right. Um, yeah. but <laughs> like I, <laughs> I think you're right, Joe, about your about your assessment. Um, it's just, it's not working. It doesn't work for me, man. This shit, no. this shit sucks. Wait, taking a guy that's whole skill set is that he can have really good matches and booking him to never wrestle doesn't work for you? Yeah. <laughs> Bobby, any thoughts? Um, no, not really. I mean, I'd like to see Scorpio Sky wrestle. I think he's very good. Um, you know, it's kind of a bummer. Um, and I, it's a little confusing because, yeah, like, oh, I guess Dan Lambert means, like, it's going to not be before the ladder match. It's just going to be before they cash in or whatever, right? Because, yeah. yeah, otherwise it would be next week and yeah. didn't announce it. But, yeah, that makes sense. Then. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I'd like to see those guys more. Shoot, what do you think? I think the people in the chat are 100% correct that um, Scorpio was going to beat Cody. And then everything kind of fell apart with Cody. So that's kind of left them in the lurch. Mm -hmm. um, now, they need to clean that up. That's not me defending the company because they need to start doing stuff with Scorp, who's just kind of been flapping in the breeze for a year now. Um, I don't know if that stuff was... I don't know how planned that was you know 
It's possible. I don't, I think, and look, we don't, we're never going to know. I don't think the plan was to put the title back on Sammy, but they didn't know Cody was leaving. I agree with you. And everything they did on TV was just they were setting up Scorpio and Cody. But Sean Ross Sapp was fucking, he was convinced Sammy was going to win it at Battle of the Belts. Hmm, Fair. And like, you know, I mean, we're all known scoops as we're in the game. Like, that mm. seems telling in some way, right? I don't know. I just, um, I think it's kind of a mess, and it's been this way for Scorp for a while, and Ethan as well. It's just it's a shame. I like them as a team. They weren't even in the uh, Battle Royal, which just they have, like, they don't want to beat them, which is like, they're, like is Scorpio going to win the TNC title after being in this role for five months? Like, no. So what are we waiting for, you know? Like, it's just, I don't know, man. It's um, it's a shame. It really is. I, I don't really get the like. If you if look, let's be honest. If your argument is on this roster, Scorpio's a mid card guy. Like, I get that. But the beauty of him as a mid card guy is he's like a plug and play good match guy. <laughs> You're getting no matches out of him. Like, there are guys that wrestle on TV pretty regularly that aren't nearly as good as Scorpio. Let's be honest about it. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I mean, we don't have to name names. It is what it is. I think the stat is, shoot, I've said this to you before, he had like two TV matches, singles matches last year. You know, and I'm not saying he should be the world champion. I'm just saying, if you're going to feature him, find the right role for him. That's just me. Um, okay. And like, look, I get this, but like, are we really saying that if in a month he was with Sammy Guevara on Dynamite, it's going to be do like a big number because he hasn't lost, like, I don't know if he's going to get any reaction. And I, and I you know, because he hasn't wrestled. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't saying that as, as the knock at okay. him, right? Yeah. Honestly, because I don't know. And that was, I feel kind of bad about that YouTube shot shoot. I didn't mean anything. Dude, I, did, I was just making a joke. I'm, <laughs> I'm having a bad day emotionally. I'm, I'm having a bad day. I'm very sensitive. Lots of lashing out today, Oracle. Um, shoot, you would know this. Or at least have an idea. How often has Scorpio wrestled the last two months on 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 the YouTube shows? None, none. Unless I'm forgetting something. So he can't even wrestle Aaron Solo on a no. On he's not. He, he has, um, they haven't done. Can they do a single uh, match like the last couple weeks? Am I imagining he? it? I don't know. I forget. I, I could be totally. Look, I'm old man. No, that's, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but, but, but but my point my point is <laughs> my my point is. Even if he's only wrestled two or three, I mean, what the hell are they doing? I I don't know. I don't. I'm cranky, folks. You really this is this is we're allowed to have this conversation, guys. Oracle, do you realize that they're the men of the year? Do you like their theme? Does it say men of the year enough in their theme? It talks about reaching for the sky too much, right? He apparently rested on elevation two weeks in a row. Shoot, just shoot threw his hands up and said, I'm old, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ward I don't Lowe, pay that close attention to those shows. My question is, is how, like, how loud is it when I like maneuver around in my like squeaky old chair? Depends. It some, like, I mean, there was like, one time we started the historical oracle and it appeared that you like grabbed your microphone and punched it four times, and that was very interesting. So there's <laughs> but, I, but I think I actually like made a reference to that immediately after I yes, did it. Yes, you did, right? yeah. And you, like, I think it had some charm, honestly. I mean, I don't listen to my own shows, so I hope it sounds the way it's the same way when oh, I'm... Oh, I'll, I'll never watch so, myself. I mean, yeah, fuck yeah. that, right? 
from what I'm seeing, Scott Scorps apparently wrestled three times on elevation this year. Okay. okay and bad. he's undefeated for the last year, mm. right? And oh that was hilarious. <laughs> I knew that was coming at some point. And um as was clearly established in the chat last week, um, if you have a good record, that means you're a big deal. Yeah. Um and Scorp's undefeated in a year now. So in all honesty, he should probably be AEW champion. Um I because be I mean very... look, being like that record is considerably more impressive than being 50 and 17. Um okay. listen, shoot, I know what you're doing. Yeah. I know what you're doing. This is where we're gonna conclude this point. And I want everyone in the chat that's flaming my guy Scorp to chill and listen to what I'm saying. I have watched 10 wrestle twice on TV in the last 10 days. <laughs> in the last week, seven days. No, we have a super grin. Huh? Oh, sorry. Hang on, I was... I was... Sorry, I, I, I was. I had you on a roll there and I just interrupted you. Um, <laughs> That's how this show's going to go tonight. <laughs> Andrew said, Zia Lee is 1-0. Kayla <laughs> Sparks done double duty. Yeah, oh, how? Both shows tonight. Yeah, cool. Scotland. Um... We have we have a few of these. I'm gonna read these on uh, Monday's big stream because any money that comes in from now to Monday will just be our head start for uh, for the for our you know charity stream. So there we go. That's that's a great point we can establish. If, if I came on here, more interesting than than Preston Ten Vance. If I came on here and said you know Scorpio's guys be the world heavyweight champion. You can get mad at me. I just said that. Me, me saying I would like to see him wrestle a television match when I've just watched 10 wrestle. And there's some other dudes that wrestle regularly on TV. You know, the gun club did a TV type, a tag type. Hold program. on now. Seriously, though. Like, seriously. Let's not pretend it's that premium that guys can't be on TV. Come on, man. This is just yeah, dumb. Right. Like, I know. I know you know. But it's like, if the TV was actually premium, thank you for the super chat, by the way, Andrew. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go, but we appreciate it. Um, if the TV time was actually premium, we could just be dismissive. But, like, it's not. So, this is not pretend it is. They could do, like, um, a Scorpio Sky five-minute challenge. <laughs> anyway, Wardlow and Nick Comoroto. Uh, I like Nick a lot, man. I think he's actually, like, kind of fun. I'm not saying he's good necessarily, but I think he's di he's different stylistically, and it pops me. Um, this was a fun, like, big man match they had here, man. And the finish was fucking awesome. The way that he transitions to the powerbomb. Wardlow starts getting over huge. The big takeaway was the post-match segment where, where Sean Spears was was tremendous. Um, good piece of business here, I thought. Uh, Oracle, I'll get you first. What do you think? I like this okay, actually. Um, this was this was something that I, you know, the post-match I thought was interesting. Um, it was something that I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, power bombs look good. Yeah, I was, I was, I was fine with this. This, this, this didn't bother me. I, I enjoyed this for the most part. I would like to use this statistic. Yeah. So that's, I'd say the tenth of March, twenty twenty one, is probably a long time ago. So, anyway, Bob, your thoughts on Wardlow, Nick Camaro? You look very tired, Bobby. You weren't kidding. You all right, mate? Yeah, I'm all right. Your face mm. just turned red. No. Oh, no, it's back. Yeah, I think it's a shadow from behind. He was me. watching pornography. I was going to see you get some filters going watching, on. There, watching the Lakers and the Clippers. 
Um, Neither of them wear red. You're full of shit, Bob. It's a commercial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bob's voice. <laughs> it's a commercial. <laughs> um, just <died> off. <laughs> yeah, no, this match was pretty good. Um, yeah. Just uh, like it was kind of weird. They just announced it cold, but you know they don't really feature uh, the camarade on TV much. So I guess I get it. Like they he's did on tweet it. He's I on think. TV more than Scorpio Sky. Yeah. <laughs> They did tweet you, I think. They did. But it's yeah. like... Well, I get your point. Yeah. He feels like kind of a bigger deal, but that's just because he's on Dark every week and I watch Dark. Um, but yeah, it was good. I like I, I like the idea that, like, you know, Wardlow kind of runs through these smaller guys, but he's going to have to base other big guys in the ladder match. So, you know, kind of good test to show he can do it. This Wardlow stuff is fucking... It's going over huge, man. It's a real success thus far. Shoot. Your thoughts? I like this a lot. Like I tweeted out there, nailing the Wardlow thing. We're getting closer and closer to him beating the shit out of the chairman, Sean Spears, which will pop everyone. Um, I like this a lot. My one takeaway from this is one of my favorite things in all elite wrestling is when Wardlow's music hits and it goes, this is war and everyone pops. And instead we just got a smash cut to the ring. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> that was not ideal. Um, we also didn't get to hear Sammy Guevara. Um, There's a lot of choices made in this show. Um, so, yeah. Okay, that's this the... Is, this, is, um, this is where I fall off for the show. Um, How much of your disdain is in the entrance is not being there? My, I am very... Um, You've been open about it, so I'm not knocking it, but I'm just yeah. interested. Entrances, all the spectacle stuff, that's a big part of professional wrestling to me, and that was pretty much all gone tonight. We didn't get the Thunder Rosa pop. They edited that out. Whether it happened or not, I assume it did. Um, you get Thunder an hour Rosa. Show. Thunder Rosa. Yeah. <laughs> this was a one-hour TV show that felt like an episode of primetime wrestling where they were cutting to three different arenas that had been taped at different times. Taz would be really good at that, by the way. Um yeah, this just didn't feel like a uh, this didn't feel like a 2022 professional wrestling show that's supposed to feel like an event. It was just like a bunch of smash cuts to random sh- like I yeah. They lost it. They lost it. They losted me. Wow. Um they lost me in the last half hour of this. And look, I'm not I'm not going to get into some big discussion about the direction of the company or anything that we seem to do every time we don't like a show. I just didn't like this show very much. Like the first half, the rest of it didn't like it all. Um, a lot of stuff felt like an afterthought because of the smash cuts to me. I know that's not the way everyone's going to feel, and that's fine. But that's the way I—that's the way I process professional wrestling. Part of the enjoyment of the show to me is the entrances and the, you know, yeah. the build up to the segment starting and the, you know, like they just took all of that out. I, they they slammed way too much into this show. Um, it felt like a clip show to me. Listen, this is maybe me getting ahead of myself, but I texted it to you, so I'm going to ask now. Do you think part of your frustration with tonight's show only, to be clear, was not only was it clearly overpacked and, and you know filled to the brim, the stuff that was filling it wasn't really <laughs> In the great, second half of it, yeah. 
it wasn't like some great necessity, right? It wasn't like you were cutting from one must-see to it. was just stuff, really. For the moment, seriously, like, look, Andy Burns, Orange Coast, we'll get into that good match, but, like, it didn't need to be 10 minutes long. <laughs> so I don't... I don't know. I don't like when they... I don't know the right way to put it. I was about to say they go out of their way, but that's not fair. I really like it when they when wrestling companies try to make tape shows not feel taped. And there's no way you could watch this show tonight and not know that it was taped and edited yeah. and cut together I and like I look, it's a I know I'm sure and no to be clear, no one's in no one in the chat is even arguing with me. I just like I wanna like I know for a fact that there's some of you who don't care about any of this stuff, and your opinion is perfectly valid. I'm not arguing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you. But the way I consume wrestling, this presentation is not for me. If this right. is what Rampage is going to be every week, it's going to be a rough ride for me. I don't think it is. I don't, you know, I don't have any reason to worry about that. But hmm. yeah, this was a they jammed way too much shit into a one hour show. Up next was the Serena D five minute challenge. Um, <laughs> do you want me to go straight back to you on this shoot? No, I don't want to talk about this at all. We've covered this. There's no okay. guys. Any anything on this, Oracle? You like these segments, right? Do you want to go? I just want to see the rub. The uh, wow, <clears throat> I should have done that directly okay. into the microphone. All right, you sounded pretty much like you did. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see the rubber match or the final match between Sheeta and Serena Deep. I almost said I want to see the rub off. That sounded too sexual, so I stopped myself. But then you just said it anyway. <laughs> and yeah, I said it anyway because I knew it would pop the chat. <laughs> um, so I had to kind of like rethink that. That was a callback to the Bob bit earlier. That mm. was good. What, the one in the group chat? You know the one about him being a pervert? Oh, well, yeah. I was referring to him watching porn a few minutes ago, but that works oh. too. Oh, I shouldn't have said that, right? Oh, sorry. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> Secret <laughs> safe for me, buddy. Sir, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I'm, just, I'm I'm ready for Shidi to come back. And, I, I, you know, I think the, the, the final match will be great. I'm excited for it, honestly, still. But mm -hmm. the five-minute challenge, I don't hate it nearly as you, you know, it's just whatever. You know, they don't, they don't make him... It'll make these segments um, compelling enough to uh, make them worthwhile. Did we? Get, when was the last? I I do I do not know. So this is not me being a big fucking hater. Was was it last week when Chris said that crazy line about Layla? It's been more. It was like it's been a couple of weeks. It's mm -hmm. a shame. I think that stuff's a lot more compelling than this. But yeah. Well, maybe she got suspended for her comments. Maybe. That would like they should tweet that out. That would actually be funny. Let yeah, me just well. say this: um, we have to think about Layla Hirsch's background and what's going on in the world today. And yeah. I don't know if that has anything to do with what's going mm. on, but we don't that's know. Fair. I don't want to speculate, but I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there. Mm -hmm. yeah. It could be a reason why that's being sidelined. That's a good point. Contract signing, Thunder Rosa. Who enters to that particular theme that Oracle gave a fabulous rendition of here a moment ago? And uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, These are I two thought... women who have two of the most over entrances in professional wrestling, and neither of them aired tonight. 
I thought oh, this was quite good. Even if a little cookie car and bland. I thought Brit cut a good promo. However, is it this time? On what is now the 26th of February here in Great Britain. That I be honest, but with myself. And I stop lying to myself and pretending otherwise. I'm I'm good with Brit just being away for a little bit after she drops this belt. I I have to be totally right honest. Mm-hmm. I have to be t- I, I, I swear to God, I mean this with no, like, not mean spirited. People are really spiteful about her on social and shit, and I ain't nothing to do with that. Fuck that. But I'll be completely honest. She was doing this promo, and I was like, I'm good with, like, not seeing this character for a bit, man. <laughs> and that happens with certain Hill characters. You know, you guys know that I have a lot of fun with the, with the, the uh the you know now fiendess but she hit this point when she was the top heel on raw and smackdown for a while it was like please fuck just go away you know mm. and i'm a much bigger fan of hers than <laughs> brit and i felt with her and it's, i think it's there with brit like she got a good promo man but i'm just like i just i'm not i don't know i'm kind of it's not even fair i'm not even like saying this is like an objective criticism i just like personally I really felt my lack of investment and it kind of bummed me out. I have to be completely, completely honest. This is actually like, you popped me huge because this is exactly how I felt during this. And I felt the kind of the same way. Um, I just feel like, I don't even know if this is accurate. It just feels this way that she's been cutting the same promo over and over again yeah. for the last six months. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not, that's not even a shot at her. I just like, it's just, I'm ready to move on. And like, so like, here's the thing with that. I'll, I'll here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll use my favorite guy that everyone knows. I love an example to prove that I'm being as fair as I can be. You could say the same criticism about my guy King, right? There's a lot of overlap in all of his promos. In some ways. The problem with Brit is in between her big in-ring segments, she does like a backstage interview with Tony every week. It's like you don't even have a chance to like look forward to hearing what she's going to say. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you hear from her every week when even she has nothing to talk about, which is not her fault. I'm very clear about this. So she's just like she'll do like a pre-tape and do the DMD stuff. And like when it comes time for the big segments, I just feel like I'm kind of I'm just tired of it. Like it's like it's one note. Does that make sense? She needs mm-hmm. a break. It'd be good for her. She's probably not going to get one because they'll go right into the. We've t- you've talked about this before. I think you're right. I think they should turn her baby face. Um, People love her. They do a yeah. and shit like so. It's it's weird. I like sometimes we try to measure our criticisms because we're like don't want to get in arguments with the chat. I don't even think that's what we're doing here. Right. It's just like I'll, I'm measuring... kind of like it's what we're saying is not really fair to her. Yes, that's why the way we feel. Yeah. I'm I'm measuring it because I actually think I actually think there's people that are like way harsh on her. Yeah. And I think it's a little much. So I don't want to be like a dick and pile on, but like it was very noticeable to me that I like kind of switched off when she went into her big promo. And um I brought up Eddie as an example because I wanted to make it clear that what I'm saying isn't necessarily tied to her so much as it is her usage is not interesting me enough. Yeah. So at this point, I'm ready to move on. Um, I will say this was 100% accurate. Yes, 
Mm. That absolutely oh, the, happened. The promo was good. I don't think either of us saying the promo was like bad in like an oh my god, she met like her delivery is good. It's just she's a little one though, and unfortunately, I think they've overexposed her as a promo. Yeah. Through segments that wasn't necessary. If she if she just did one in ring promo a month and the rest stuff like remember when she would do skits with Shivani back in like pandemic days, <laughs> you know <laughs> the 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 daily's place days. Um, yeah, that's just me personally, but I I don't know. This isn't. Okay. I mean, I would like. This isn't what I meant. It's more of the sometimes the show gets derailed because we just start. <laughs> I do like I'll be honest, and this is gonna spiral the program into another direction. And I do think sometimes like the uh the pushback on social with AEW criticism is such that we kind of carry that into this show. When in reality the chat is mostly people just like just talk like you know, having conversations among themselves and reacting to you know, like it's not anything deep. No one in the chat's calling this pieces of shit. They will now that I've said that. But Rob gets really upset though sometimes at the comments. He does, yeah. Well, that's why we have the private chat. Yeah. Um, which the last comment in was, I believe, and I quote, Bob is a pervert. So we use that to full effect here, you know, as a production team. Look at Oracle. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I think um I think that's part of it. The chat really doesn't go crazy at all. It's just some of this stuff on social media is so toxic because this is like uniform opinion in wrestling now, right? It's a little much. Um, yeah, yeah, man. I know. I try to do better about that too. I think we've gotten. I think we've gotten a little better about that. A little. I don't see as much of it now. Like this, I regularly will log on and see Bob talking about saying I have no fucking clue what he's what he's referencing, which is a good sign, you know. It's progress. Yeah. Speaking uh, of grievances. Yeah. Um, did you guys see when our social media intern viciously attacked Joe tonight on Twitter? Yeah. It's crazy. I thought it was a little out of line. Um, Joe, how did you feel about that? I'll be honest. Until now, I didn't see it. But I would, if you guys don't mind, in a minute here, I'd like to take a moment because that sounds. How vicious was it? Todd, you piece of shit. Did you see what Crosby said? I have Crosby muted, so no, I did not. I called him a bootlicker, and he told me to pipe down and go back to the cinema. And Bob said, owned. Is that the one, is that the tweet where he called you Doughboy? No, that was another one. Okay. That was a DM, actually. Okay. You shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine Jack out of the blue messaging you that? <laughs> There's a, the dynamic with Jack is, is remarkable because Shoot and I will text about the shows amongst each other and not know if Jack's watching it. And we never know whether to transition fully to the group chat or to just stay in our own once he, you know. Bless his I've heart. I've got an idea. What if Jack Crosby called games with Al Michaels? That would be a good idea. That's good. I like that. <laughs> that would be a good idea. Fair. <laughs> let's let's yeah. let's like let's like do like hashtag hire Jack Crosby. Ooh. And just I don't know how you feel about that. 
Actually, no one, no one do that. CBS he, Sports uh, would be very suspicious. He yeah. tweeted, he tweeted about Vince McMahon tonight, and he's very fired up about Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee. You should have seen the messages in our group chat. Is that real? Yeah, Pollock reported it. <laughs> that rules. Like See, this is it's me, rough this is... because in the report, like the original report is from Brad Shepard, so you immediately want to you immediately want to write it off. But Pollock wouldn't be reporting it if it wasn't. Robert, this is this is I don't know how it happened, but it appears that Brad's got himself some fucking sources. I shame at man shit. That that's happened. <laughs> the I'm shame at man stuff. Like he was on. Yeah. Mad, but like, I'll be honest with you guys, that sounds incredible. I can't, I mean, that's that's like that's a spectacle, right? It's gonna be a disaster. Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee. Vince is Harold 76. 76. Mm. Mm. If it was more likely to me, honestly, that they would do like a Survivor Series esque Team McMahon versus Team McAfee match, it's possible, yeah, yeah, that's what I think will happen. Um. But if they do a match, which is what apparently the report is, then all fucking hell. Yeah, the um, reporters remember, are having a match, so we'll see. Do you remember Shoot? The best build. Bob, I believe you were watching at this time. The best build in WrestleMania 28, undeniably, was Team Teddy versus Team Johnny. Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. That shit ruled. Mm -hmm. That was another place where uh, <laughs> they went out of their way to... <laughs> kick Zack Ryder in the Ryder look like shit as part of their yeah. ongoing campaign to bury him for getting over. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, was that like a 12 man tag? 10 man yes, tag? And they built it on TV and it fucking ruled, dude. Like Santino came out and joined Team Teddy and the fans like went crazy on the Raw before Mania. It was awesome. That was when Santino, he'd just come off the big chamber thing with uh -huh. Daniels, yep. right? Yeah. That shit was wild. They really thought he was going to win that belt for a second. You can do incredible things in pro wrestling, man. You know, like we're so used to rosters that have like 20 guys more than you need to do a, shit, a TV show. You see Freddie Prince's quote about that? No. He was like, I don't want to compete with AEW, WWE, but I'm going to do it like a, um, he said it's going to be like a SAG production. So it's going to be, you know, you get like the, uh, the, the acting thing, that whole deal. Mm -hmm. And he kind of alluded to the idea that it's like going to be a small crew. And he's like, yeah, man, you can do a one hour wrestling show of like 12 guys. <laughs> <laughs> like you just kind of rotate local dudes in. Like yeah. this, you can do a lot with pro wrestling. They had people believe in Santino was going to win the world title. Did anyone see my brief look of panic there when I realized I didn't have my phone? No, but I was very that was alarmed. The moment for me and, there, when the camera was up here, I was like, "My God, what's happened?" Because, like, yeah, I, I looked behind my laptop to see if my phone was there. Fair. Um. So one second, I'm I'm researching something here. All right. So Joe. Yes. As per reports, uh, Vince McMahon, who is 76 years old, is mm -hmm. going to wrestle at WrestleMania. And what? That has made me think about and open my eyes to the possibility of is that there is a 73-year-old um, a man out there who is a former AWA tag team champion who could also come out of retirement um, and potentially 
wrestle Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship and and pop uh, probably about 2.2 million viewers on TBS. Um, strong numbers in the Midwest and the West Coast. And the key is he could keep it going. Oh, yeah. There's, a, there's only a few people who know how to do that. He's one of them. He's one of them. Mm-hmm. Imagine the pop you would get in uh, Vegas, Denver, Omaha, Des Moines, Factual, Sioux Falls, Kenosha, Bismarck. Bismarck was a hot territory for them. In all seriousness, can we talk about the fact that we like wheeled Greg Gagne back into the news? Yeah, that was awesome. Those figures oh, look amazing. Like for those who don't know, he's like kind of like the wrestling piece of a new action figure deal with wrestling legends. Yeah. And they've made like a fucking Hanson figure, <laughs> a Von Eric figure. <laughs> like his directly... figure is incredible. Pretty yeah. million dollar man, yes. Yossi. Yes. It's like Immediately interesting to you and I too, which what popped me. The fact there's a Hanson and a Von Eric immediately is like, my God, this is like a bit. As soon as I saw Kerry Von Eric, I'm like, okay. So by like series four, we're gonna get Kevin Von Eric, and I'm immediately gonna buy one. Saint Paul. (laughs) Bemidji. There's a there's one of the network shows they have, one of the super shows they have. It might even be. I forget which show it is. I'm not good on the AWA stuff, but you know the ma- the one with the great Hennig, um, one of the great Hennig Bockwinkel matches where Larry's at ringside getting involved in the finish. It's on the network. There's an AWA time match. And they're in Vegas, and it is like an all-time, you know, they've they've just refused to adjust the fact they've sold no, sold no tickets for this event. <laughs> there's no, like, there's no, there's no covering up the fact that they just have a full block of empty seats and they just ignore yeah. it. Incredible. The showboat. Okay. So, anyway, to summarize. Yeah. We're going to get Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon at WrestleMania instead of Pat McAfee versus Greg Gagne, which would have been stronger for them. Agreed. Let's move on because the chat gets really hostile when we do Fed talk, which is fair. I 100% agree with them. So. Do you not think that kind of rules, though? Like They're going to do, like do like one of those work shoot angles next week. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a mess. Imagine. God, I thought he was just going to say Phoenix, and I would have lost my mind. <laughs> Fuck, that would have been great. Imagine Greg Ganya. You got me already, so. Cutting promos in a feud. Managed by Jim Brunzel. If Jim's still living, I have no no idea. I mean, you can check this. I can't remember. I I can't keep up with the deaths of 80s wrestlers. I'm pretty sure he's still around. Um, Feuding with Hook. Managed by his father, Taz. You went exactly where... Uh, yeah. Imagine like... Greg Gagne telling him, like, you don't understand how to be a second-generation professional wrestler. 
It's from Soul as a kid. Imagine Greg saying that. Oh god. And then and then and then and then Greg saying Taz ain't shit because at least his dad actually killed somebody. Come I on. would like to return to booking the work shoe angle in the Pat McAfee <laughs> show, please. Okay. Here no is my pitch. They do a sincere 45 minute interview and Pat McAfee either sneezes or coughs. <laughs> Vince immediately slams his fist on the desk. They continue the interview. Five, ten minutes ago, Pat does it again. Vince leaps to his feet, calls him a piece of shit, and says that he'll fire him just like he did Levesque. Pat works. does a crossbody over his desk like Thunder Rosa. Vince Jr. catches him. Power slam, maybe fall away. I don't know. Bob, you're better with moves than I am. Get some juice. Pat goes coast to coast, about half an inch deep. Away you go, baby. 50,000 tickets sold in the next week. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is a case of Bischoff showing up to Stamford and taking his office back at the uh, headquarters and Vince walking in and saying, hey, Eric, how do we fix this? And he said, well, this is where you're weak, you know? Yeah. Take a look at Pat's... You know, viewership numbers out there. As you I think this was—I think this was actually Greg's idea, and he emailed it to Vince. <laughs> um. Do you know that he actually did work there? Like, oh yeah, I think he went there like pretty—not recently, fucking recently, but it's like in the last twenty years, right? Yeah, he worked well, there in two thousand six after his dad got inducted. Yeah, didn't him and JBL have like a issue? Oh, probably JBL had an issue with everyone. Oh, hang on. You guys talk. I need to find him, Mr. Jokes. This. So what I would actually do, in all seriousness, is I would have Pat McAfee ask him, um, like, if he's planning on stepping down or retiring, or or if he's got a plan to hand the reins over to someone else. And that's when Vince just loses his mind. Tully Blanchard. That was who JBL was addicted. And in a great moment, in a great moment. Yeah. All of a sudden. They do a twist at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Bob Costas. Oh, he yeah. comes out and gets his, gets his due on Vince and costs Vince the man. There we go. In some ways, would it be better, though, if instead, like, the lights went out and you heard, like, some sort of vehicle making its way down the ramp and then time to play the game, like, came up and it's like, fuck, you know, Triple H is back. And they and like they, they announced him as one of our Twitter pals did recently, which was the, dis- the disgraced executive, Hunter Hearst Helmsley's returns to the World Wrestling Federation. Corey and Graves he, screams, whose side is he on as he's walking yeah. to the ring? And he walks in, <laughs> pedigrees Vince, and like puts his hand out to shake Pat's hand. And then Pat just fucking right hand punches him, like Tyson at WrestleMania 14. Paul just takes a big flat back bump. That you know, sounds and then, way more exciting than what's actually going to happen. And then they spray paint NXT 2.0 on his spine in yellow uh, spray paint. Hmm. There's not enough spraying on people's backs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, man. We're at 56. It's fine. People stuck here. Go for it. Take what I give you there. Take the little well, piece of podcast um, I gave you there. Do you have the internet, Joe? I'm I'm leaving it. Do you want me to just transition back to Rampage? As for the content that Bob has been watching for the last 45 minutes, there's still plenty of that in the world. It's a hell of an angle, man. You take a guy working under a hood, you have him spray some shit on someone's back, 
different. Anyway, hmm. back to AEW Rampage. Green Bay. <laughs> um, Orange Cassidy and Anthony Bones. Bones is really good. I really like the innovation in his offense. Um, it was difficult to care about this match because everyone in the world knew that Orange was going to win. I personally think, you know, they could do more compelling main events, but for what the work itself was, I thought it was pretty damn good. I think Bones is a real prospect. Um, and that will be the end of my comments on this particular main event. Bob, what do you think? Yeah, I like Bones a lot. It's always nice when he's in singles matches. Um, it was it was fine. You know, like, I like Orange. I'm glad he's in the ladder match. I thought he was really entertaining. And uh, was he in the one last year or the year before? It all runs together. But the one he was in was entertaining. Um, yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, Orange is cool. I like orange. Is that your favorite color? Yes. I expected you to say I don't see color. Oracle, your thoughts on the Rampage main event? (laughs) (laughs) Orange is shoot, my favorite color, Bob. I wasn't, you know. It's a great color, man. Holland, you see, you ever see, you guys ever seen uh, Netherlands in the World Cup? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the coolest, I know what Oracle calls you. Mm. One of the coolest, like, international team brands ever. Oh, yeah. Great. Bengals wear orange. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Oracle, what do you think of the main event? (laughs) Uh, It was fine. I was just kind of waiting for orange to win. Yeah. But uh, I I agree. I really do like Anthony Bowens. Um, I just, I wasn't quite as invested in tonight as as I sometimes am. It's just... It's difficult sometimes because you know, like you knew Orange was winning, and that's fine. That's not. It's just it does. It's kind of prevents you from kind of really locking into the match, right? It's difficult. Um, the confirmed shoot. Your thoughts on the Rampage main event? Cameras were in focus. Orange Cassidy had an entrance that popped me. I liked that. About the other entrance. That also occurred. Okay, look this. You know, let's be completely transparent here. So we obviously we understand that Max said some shit that he got, you know, that got rightly cut. What the fuck was hap- What happened to him after the first line, though? He sounded. T- what was wrong with him? I don't <laughs> am, know. I, am I being? Am I missing something? No, because I kind of figured like it got cut somewhere because I heard what he said. But yeah, yeah, it felt like they cut like three different things. But the way that it was shot, it suggested to me it felt like they'd cut the first part. Mm-hmm. And then he was the rest of his rap, right? Yeah. And like one lot bowl was like, how he just didn't like, he doesn't like him. <laughs> yeah. It was really weird. I thought, I didn't know it was like a performance art, but if it was, God bless. Um, Oracle, mm. any thoughts on Max Caster, the rapper? Feel free to say no comment to that one. Fair. Um, so anyway, Rampage. I have a question. I actually thought the show was pretty like pretty fun. Pretty fun. I was going to say good. I stopped myself very quickly. <laughs> it was pretty fun. I thought it was a fine hour. Um, I get why shoot got frustrated with certain elements of the production. I agree, it was filled to the brim. Serious question. Okay. Uh oh. 
clapping. Jason's comment that might be uh, something that was. Uh, yeah, I was lying about Vladimir Putin. Yeah, that's what it was. I, I thought it was right. I thought we knew. Sorry. Oh. I was just. To be fair, actually, and again, this is a. Uh, um, he actually said the line basically as the invasion started, as it happened to work out. <laughs> because the invasion actually happened while I was on this show, declaring it a great night for the world because Buddy Matthews <laughs> debuted on uh, Dynamite. Probably, and then I left the show and texted Joe immediately. was like, um... I would probably, based on the story that very much existed before uh, that particular you know, news, I would probably have avoided bringing up Vladimir Putin, anyway, in my AEW Rampage uh, rap about Orange Cassidy, the comedy babyface character. But I I'll be honest with right. you. I probably would not have seen it as a big deal. Um, but it Neither was certainly I. a good idea to cut it out once this actually happened. Mm. Um, but I understand why. You, I mean, there's no reason to do it to begin with, but yeah. Right. Yeah. So this was the line, apparently. Bob. Will you please read this in your best Max Caster imitation? Um, no, I will not. There's no way that was the line. He did stupid with Putin. <laughs> <laughs> no, that can't be true. Meech, please tell me you're working right. Now Meech says it's true. <laughs> Yeah, this was an interesting choice they made too. Um, basically, openly implying that one of their top baby faces in the company is racist. Um, I don't it know, is man. what it um, is. Whatever. Um, this is I'm a sure good I'm, point. Yeah, it's yeah. difficult. Look, man, I'm I'm sure it will definitely. This whole thing is definitely worthwhile, and it won't end in tears at some point. I'm sure it will just keep going great. Um, anyway. I will rampage was fun. Were you talking when you just said that? Were you talking about the acclaimed, or were you talking about the late uh, night grin? You, oh, if we can kind of reference something else, I was going to say very clear that I'm talking about the acclaimed. Okay. Um, it was a fun show. I have not crunched the numbers or done any kind of research on this, which is very grinner of me. However, I would like someone to investigate how many times both Dynamite and Rampage have been great in the same week. Um. I am very confident that most of the great episodes of Rampage that were taped off Dynamite followed a Dynamite that we wasn't that keen on, which is very interesting. And I'm not even saying it's a real thing, but I definitely remember us having a conversation very early in the process of Rampage of like, you can tell there's been an adjustment. And in January, it felt like Rampage was definitely the better show. And since Dynamite has like become fucking awesome again, it feels like they've, they've switched. Like the Rampage is fine. But it feels very much B-show in the last month to me. J so, uh, JJ brings up a question that, that only needs to be addressed by Bob specifically. Um, <laughs> Bob, your thoughts on this? Well, here's the thing. I mean, I don't think it's very good value to pay 100 if you got people charging 75 or less. But if you can get a tag team that also charges 75 or less, that's your best value. You get two people for the price of one. So I, I wouldn't pay $100 for that. So to be clear... Just, just to recap, Bob would not pay $100 for anyone, and he thinks that it's better when you get two people for the price of one. Take that as you will. 
Do you know you were going to do that all along? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, well, I respect it. Um, do you actually think there's something to this? To what? The idea that, like, that it feels like in January, Rampage was much, was like, def- was legitimately better than Dynamite. It feels like they've switched roles immediately here in February. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, I think it's a coincidence. Okay. Oracle, Bob, anything? Um, and Oracle, are you, are you my going god, to... what a deal this is! Yeah, see, like you should do that. Wow, two good wrestlers for a hundred bucks. Like, you know, I think honestly, what hurt Rampage tonight was that Buddy Matthews wasn't on the show. Um, I did see was... a lot of talk about that, yeah, and I mean, it was clearly established. That that he um, moves numbers and is a ratings draw. Um, <laughs> so to not use him tonight was an interesting choice. It was like an expression of disdain from Oracle there, like oh, yeah. which means fair. Um, I agree with Meech on that take there that I won't put on the screen, but he's right. What was what? Oh, uh, who's Buddy's first singles match? Penta, Christian Cage, Eddie Kingston, Jungle Boy, Phoenix. Um, Bob, if you were given $100, would you do a meet and greet with Dan Housen? Are my choices like keep the $100 or do I have to spend it either way? No, it's like, it's like, no, I'm, I'm, you don't spend the money at all. Like, they're like, if someone said, I will give you $100 to take this picture with Dan oh. Housen, would you do it? Yeah. Okay. Look at the shit he does for $100 around here. That's fair. Shoot. I know for a fact you would do it for a hundred bucks. For a fact, that man said for a <laughs> fact he knows. Holy I felt, shit! I feel like that was an attack. Um, Lashed out again? Well, or... Aren't you the one who's always coming on? Like hell yeah, I'd stop wrestling, watching wrestling. Of course, that's like for a million dollars. But still. yeah, we're talking about a hundred bucks. Like, and we're talking about on, Dan Housen. Would you do? Of... Would you do it for five hundred? I would do it for hundred dollars. Are you kidding me? It's hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Are any of you guys big meet and greet guys? I mean, I would too. So, no, I paid for the Becky Lynch one at the Royal Rumble, and yeah. I, I regret that. I mean, it was it wasn't a bad experience, but it wasn't worth. You both have incredible Becky Lynch yeah. imagery. Both Bob and Shoot, dude. If you don't, if you know, you know, folks. I am um, ways very different ways. I liked the Kevin Owens one where I just waited in line at. Inside of Walmart for 90 minutes. That wasn't too bad. It was free. So, did you not see Alexa Bliss at the airport last week when she came back from Saudi Arabia? I did not know. Did you try? No. So, what was the research for? Hmm. Joe, did you see that they're going to take matches at the AW Fan Fest this weekend? No. I don't pay attention to any of this stuff anymore because I'm now a loyal they- MLW fan. Shinsuke Nakamura. Hmm. <laughs> So, like the roles uh, reversed this time, and Buddy meet, beats him in a cool forfeit thirty-five. Dude, did you see that clip? There was like a viral tweet of when Cesaro shows up in AEW, and it's him uppercutting Samoa Joe at the start of their match. Did you see this by any chance? No. No. Well, did you see this clip? I did. I swear to God, I saw Cesaro Samoa Joe King of the Ring. And I was like, what? When the fuck did this happen? <laughs> and then it dawned on me as I was talking to my brother about it. He was like, well, yeah, they did. Fall work. of 2019. 
Yeah, he was like, they both worked on the main. He was, my brother, very fairly, was like, they both worked on the main roster for like five years at the same time. I was like, yeah, but I don't know. It's just like that, that King of the Ring lineup was crazy, wasn't it? That match was good. I remember that match. The opening with a big uppercut as well. I need to go out and watch it. It ruled. Wow. Everything about this rules. I mean, that's fair. You don't have to give him an excuse, though. Like 2004, Randy Orton was just kind of. Like that. I met Lex Luger during the Lex Express tour. Hell yeah. I stood in line for... Um, we were in line for about two hours. My dad was so mad. <laughs> I love these stories about your dad, like, hating, like, hating the fact that his kid's a wrestling fan. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think he actually cared that I liked wrestling. He just got mad when it, like, wasted his time. But he was like, so <laughs> the thing about my dad <laughs> is he would absolutely take me to the stuff that he didn't give a shit about. And he would try to hide it, but like he wasn't very good at it. So like we could actively tell he was mad. Sometimes he would try. Now there's a, there's a, we went to a WWF show that turned out to be a tape, a, a C show taping. Well, they weren't C shows then, but a syndicated taping. And now my my brain has gotten this to, to think that Doink wrestled six times that night. It was actually like three, maybe four. But oh. that last time that Doink the Clown's music hit, I love this. My dad. Let's see. This would have been ninety two. So my dad's thirty two. So my my dad my dad's young. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is back. This is the early '90s, so there's kids, you know, at the wrestling. And my dad yells, "God damn it!" <laughs> so loud because Doink the Clown's music hit again, <laughs> and he was so sick of seeing this goddamn wrestling clown. <laughs> um, he tried. He tried to get us to leave multiple times. Um. It was me, my sister, and, and my friend, my best friend. And I preface this, of course, by saying this was 1992. We had never seen Hulk Hogan live before, and he was in the main event. So we were not leaving. We were absolutely not leaving. We were like, absolutely not. There's no mm-hmm. way we're missing Hulk Hogan and Brutus Beefcake versus Money, Inc., which... Um, Good lord, man. Was supposed to be for the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Championships. And of course, when you're 11 years old, all we were thinking is we're going to see Hulk Hogan win the World Tag Team yeah. Championship That's tonight. It, yeah. And then the very first match of the show, the Steiner brothers beat Money Inc. for the tag titles. So then the main event wasn't for the belts. Um, and so then Hogan and Beefcake just beat them clean. Um, yeah. And then the Ste- and then Money Inc. won the belts back like three days later. So I'm pretty sure they just. Uh, Oh, one of those Shane deals. Belt so that Hogan didn't, <laughs> so Hogan could win clean. <laughs> that they changed the belts like three times on house shows during that stretch with Steiners and Money Inc. And oh, they I put love it in the magazine, stuff, bro. bro. I like when um in like '93 when WCW did the UK tour and they switched the world title with Sting and Vader, and it's like that is like one of those things that I can tell you that pops me huge, and I have no idea why. <laughs> Yeah, I mentioned it last week when NXT did it, right? And I was like, it was like the weirdest thing ever. 
But I'm 99% certain it was just Triple H being like, that pops me. Let's do it on a fucking house show. I'm um, pretty sure I've read... I, I honestly don't know. I could be totally wrong about this. But from what... Oracle, maybe you know. This match in Columbus where the... Which this is hilarious too. This is Think about how different wrestling is now. This is 1992. The Steiners came out in Michigan letter jackets in Columbus. And mm-hmm. the place went apeshit for them now and cheer like if you did that now they would the fans would boo them even mm-hmm. if they were baby faces like that's yeah that's how wrestling have, is you know they would be to like have, fuck this why are these michigan guys i'm not cheering these guys but anyway you'd have to have pretty good distance to boo them though because they could just kick the shit out of you you know oh, yeah factual but anyway from what i understand this match has never aired like the match does not exist in full tape form the tag title uh, change one yeah of yeah. Steiner's beating Money Inc. for the titles in Columbus. From what I understand, that's like that's one. I don't want to say it's like a Holy Grail tape. I don't think it's thought of that highly, but it is one that like it's never been seen in its entirety. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. They would take the TV was so different then that they could really spin those tapes a hundred different ways, right? In terms of filling their TV shows, like yeah, they taped like four shows that night, like Wrestling yeah. Challenge, Superstar. Like I don't remember all of it, but. I saw Yokozuna beat Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He put the American flag Dude, over him and then did the bonsai I, drop I, on him. I'm a, I'm a grown man. I was actively frustrated in a toy store today when I saw Yokozuna's figure in person. Why? He wasn't big enough. There. This dude's like, he looks like 320, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God bless Yoko. I wish he was 320. You know, we would have got a lot more of Yoko, but he is what he is. You got to give me, you got to give me Yoko. I swear I to God, if the if the fuckers that make those AEW figures give me some skinny Eddie Kingston, I will break shit in the store. I need beer belly intact King, man. That's who he is. It's just me. If I remember right, Bob, maybe I'm wrong. Isn't Yoko not big enough in the video games too? Yeah, no, he's not. I, yeah. I mean this. Everyone knows I love the guy, but like, I legitimately think he like challenges there. Both the figures and the video games struggle to actually capture that dude's like shape. Yeah, yes, absolutely. He's, Kevin Nash claims, and those words should always be taken with great, <laughs> you know, caution. But he claims that that Yoko is bigger, was taller than him when they sat down. And he's about a foot taller than Yoko, but he claimed that his fucking legs and backside was so big that it would propel Yoko upward in a fashion where oh, he would be yeah, I got you. up okay. at Yoko. I thought you just meant he had, like, really short legs. No, like, because he had, you know, he was such a... He had yeah. a great big fucking ass, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I got you now. I mean, they don't make, like, Andre big enough either, but that's a little closer at least. Yeah. It's a different, like... Yeah, Andre, especially as he got older, was big in that mm-hmm. way too. But Yoko was just fucking huge, yeah. man. I mean, God bless the guy, but he was like on the road at like six fifty, and he was, you know, he was doing uh, tags with Owen and watching Owen do full matches. <laughs> coming I in, not, I have not read Lions Pride, Josh. No. Oh, you should. Hell of a book. Really, really good. Yeah. It's true of New Japan. It's excellent. Bobby, do you like that book? I haven't read it yet. Okay. I want to uh, quickly, because she was telling I love that story of, of your dad getting frustrated with Doink. And you and I popped on Twitter this week because we we both shared an experience in which our father got actively mad about the fact that a small wrestler was forced to wrestle a big wrestler. 
And I would like to quickly question you guys on like weird quirks in your wrestling fandom that frustrate your parents when they either are just like walking by or <laughs> experience it secondhand or if they're actively fans. Either way. I'm intrigued. Oracle's going to have a ton of them, so we'll give him a yes. minute to think. Because yeah. Um, yeah, The other one my dad was really bad about, and this one actually like bothered me because it would take me out of the show because I would actually think about what he was asking me and then it would become a whole thing. Every match that he had... <laughs> Come on! Good Look at Bob knows telling that completely. Yeah. Wait, did Bob freeze? No, he's not frozen. There he goes. He moved. He moved. Um, anyway, anytime my dad would sit down and watch a show with me, every match he would ask me who would really win if they had a real fight. <laughs> and so I would either get really mad about it. I'd be like, that, like that's not the point. Like That's not what we're doing here. Or I would actually start thinking about it and like trying to break it down and be like, well... Because I, I, I remember like the first time he saw Kurt Angle... And I could explain to him, well, he's an Olympic gold medalist, you know, real professional, real wrestler. Like he would yeah. probably beat most of these guys. And my dad was popping huge. Like, so then he loved Kurt Angle. Um, yeah, he was very like, he, that was always his question is who would win? Who would win for real? Was a great, he would love to ask me that Dude, question. My dad is like an actual AEW fan at this point. And this bit he does every fucking week drives me nuts in which he explains to me that he doesn't care about the promos or the storylines or the angles, which I think is, like, his way of protecting his manlyhood. Like, he doesn't want to convince it. And this is like, he's full of shit. He pops huge when the program comes to a head. He doesn't realize how much more invested he is, but he can't accept the, like, like you know the uh, graphic of Kingston and Jericho, and it was, like, face-to-face? -face? He was, like, all fired up about it, like it was a match. And I was like, no, man, it's just, they're just going to, like, you know, go ahead, Zed, with Mike. And he's like, skip it. I don't even want to watch it. I was like, I'm not skipping it. Go fuck yourself. You're watching the thing. <laughs> and he sat there and was popping and shit. And like, to, I have to say, there is some stuff in wrestling that like we're used to and we convince ourselves of its effectiveness, both good and bad. The story that Chris told in that segment, I can tell you just from watching it from my dad's eyes, how effective it was. Yeah. My dad's watched AEW for the last six months. And when Chris started talking about the big one, it completely resonated in a way that, like, Eddie talking about Levesque and Chris talking about, you know, good sports. That just. It's literally. Like, it's sports shit, basically, right? It's Jericho retelling a story from his own career where he was on the other side of it. Like, yeah. Exactly and that's where. I saw someone tonight, and it might be one of you in the chat, and if so, I, nothing but love, but someone was like, why is he a babyface on commentary? Jericho's not heel yet. Yeah. We know he's going that way. But right now, he's framing it. The Chris Jericho character is egotistical enough that he's framing this as his challenge to Eddie Kingston. Prove to me you're a top guy, right? The way they go with that story, I think we all agree, is him going to be a full-fledged heel. But right now, he's just a bit of an asshole, which you could argue he always was. Um Bobby, Do we all agree that that Jericho is just going to beat King by cheating at this pay, at this show. I think, as I said to you, I think you could go. The way I think I would book it is that Eddie clearly has Chris, and Chris is like fuck, and takes a shortcut and pretends he didn't. Yeah. The other way you could do it though is King could beat Chris, and then you do the segment the next week where Chris is supposed to give him his respect, and he refuses, and he gets some heat on Eddie. 
that the yeah. problem with that way is is then you have to like reverse book to the big one right so but he, like i think that we all agree that the end game is chris is gonna in his mind and maybe in some real human minds gonna solidify it as a top guy whether that's real or not i don't know i think he's done a hell of a job so far though so i'm i'm actually really enjoying the program i have nothing like this the other stuff with jericho is what it is i've talked about before that i'm able to separate all that from his tv character I, the last month or so, I think he's actually been great. I do too. And you can see that he's like invested. You can see it both physically, mentally. Yeah. Um. The guy has abs again, man. Like, Dude, did he's you, clearly you, taking this seriously. Like, second Freddie Prince Jr. reference. The big quote he gave about working with Eddie was because Freddie asked him what dream matches he has left. No, he didn't say left. He said, what dream matches do you have? And before he said like, I wish I could have wrestled Owen Hart. Chris was like, Eddie Kingston, like, this is something I've been waiting to do. And, you know, I knew he'd be a big baby face. I'm like, listen, they shoot it every time because Chris plays it off like he's doing, like, the – he's just being, like, a dick. Chris, like, you can visibly see how, how much it pops him when they do the Eddie chance. He knows they have them. Like, this is going to yeah. work, you know? So, uh, yeah, I – Genuinely, like you and I talked about this a lot when it happened, and I did like a sell about, oh my god, Chris is going to leech off it. Like I was pretty bullish on this what it could be, and they've basically played it note for note so far. So, yeah, that was actually kind of crazy. That pro, like that promo on Wednesday, it was like it was literally note for note, like what you said you wanted them to do. (laughs) It was popping huge. I saw some WWE fans whining about Eddie's sports entertainment disc, and they didn't understand the segment. The point is, these two are both great pro wrestlers, but they couldn't be more at odds with each other stylistically. Chris is loud in a in a um, in a, not Eddie's very loud. What I mean is, his choices are very like in your face, right? You know, he loves the flash of pro wrestling. He loves the wild transformations of character, and you know the gimmicks and the he has segments like team meeting and all this stuff. The pain maker is a great example of it. Joe brings it. Like, yeah, he's very, you know, all of this I was stuff. I put is, that on the screen and pump my fist because I think the pain maker is hilarious. But the, do you see what I'm saying? Like he's he's a guy who thrives on being the center of attention and being a performer. The Eddie Kingston character, and he did the same thing with Punk, resents the notion that he is booked to do a talking segment. Yeah, it's work, brothers. <laughs> He's the one of their best talkers. He knows this, but the point of the character is, why am I in here talking with you, man? Why are these? You see what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, they're completely contrasting, and it's it's just good pro wrestling, man. It's, it's good shit. Um, in you know, and, and MJF and Punk is a great example of something where they went in a way more daring fashion mm. with what they did, and that's equally effective in a different way. You know, it's like you can do it. You can do wrestling in 101 ways. It's just, it amazes me that people miss such obvious shit, you know? God, this sounds incredible to me. I actually wanted to talk about this. This quickly, this remind me of Claudia. I want to talk about him and I want to talk about the big the big um, announcement that Tony's going to do next week. But first, this concludes that little piece of business. Bob, any tales of your parents uh, commenting on professional wrestling as you grinned wide? Uh, I mean, not really like they've never really watched it with me like um i didn't really know if i was allowed to watch it for 
sometime in my life just because like during the Monday Night Wars and stuff, I'd watch with my neighbors and then my parents would be like, oh, you probably shouldn't be watching that. You're too young. So then I'd just like pick back up in 2002 or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know if I should be watching it. So I just kind of didn't tell them. Um, but then like once I did tell them, um, you know, my mom like took me to, there was a Mick Foley meet and greet. She took me to that. That was pretty cool. And it was like one of his book tours. So he would like sit down and do the thing where he told the whole story about his career. And she actually got like really into it. She never watched it after that, but like she enjoyed it for two hours or whatever. Um, and then there was another one where like Batista was going to be at this mall, like an hour from us. And I'm like, we have to go to this. And she's like, okay, fine. So we get there like an hour early and he's appearing on the bottom part of the mall. So we get there, the line's like to the top and she looks at me and she's like, Hey, we're not staying for this. I'm like, yeah, okay, fair. And then, uh, you know, just kind of didn't go to any shows or do anything like that until I got to college and I was on my own. So Correct. Were you all right there, Joe? Did you have like did the postman like show up? Like, Stand like my brother did a flat back bump right above me. It was very scary. Oh, okay. um, Oracle. I know you have many tales. Oh, he's yeah, he's got, I've got tales about his dad. So of a very different variety. Um any any anything specific that you would like to bring to the, the table here? It's weird because my dad's an actual fan. Yeah. He's been more. He's been a bigger fan in recent years than he was before. Um, it's weird. Like in the nineties and two thousands, you know, obviously when I was growing up, he was teaching and working and coaching and stuff. So like, his wrestling fandom wasn't quite as strong back then, uh, or at least you know it didn't it didn't appear that way. He got a lot more into it again in the 2010s when I started college and he retired and stuff. And I know he was super into it in the 80s and early 90s before he started teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I mean, don't get me wrong, he like he was going to all like he went and they like toured with ECW for like a weekend one time. My dad and Dylan did one of Dylan's best friends in the summer of '97. And including the famous show where there was a huge riot caused by a fan groping Francine. And it's the it's the one ECW show that's no longer on tape. Mm-hmm. They, they they destroyed the tape. And Dylan actually like watched like every ECW show ever for ECW set. And so he's the only person other than he and uh, Johnny P, John Philip Havage, are the only two people, because Johnny P was at that show, that have seen every single ECW match ever. Um so that's a that's a fun little stat. Um but uh the I don't really have anything about like like the only memories I have are like my dad loved Vince. <laughs> like he thought Vince was hilarious. So like of course he was always a Terry Funk fan, but that's you know, I mean he, my dad grew up in New Mexico and the Amarillo territory was all over TV when he was a kid. So I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um and uh <clears throat> so like anytime Vince like shoot I know you remember this. This is one of my first big like big angles on Raw when the Rock had the match against was it Triple H or 
the big show or something. And remember, he 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 was trying to get back into the WrestleMania 2000 main event. Oh, when and Vince returns with, in limo and comes storming. And back in, I remember watching that live with my parents. And Fucking Dad, and I, moment. I was excited. I was jumping up and Dad. And Dad yeah. was like, "Let's Vince!" Ah, Dad was like all excited that Vince came back. And Vince punches Triple H or punches Shane or whatever, and Dad started roaring with laughter. Yeah, he punched his own kid. Uh. Joe, you've seen that thing, right? Horrified. Oh they my fucking God. lose their minds for Vince. He yeah, had been man. gone since Armageddon when he lost to Triple mm-hmm. H, and, yeah, and he, he was three months. He yeah. was a great character that was over huge. Like, yeah, it's, it's simple as that, right? It is an incredible moment. Um. Yeah, it, it 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 ruled. Yeah, that was one of my favorite because I remember watching that live on Raw, like when, mm-hmm. like TV in my parents' bedroom. It was it, that was one of the best moments ever, wasn't it? Shoot, that was awesome. That like, was pretty awesome. Yeah, that fucking ruled because it was like two or three weeks before Mania, and yeah. then the next week it was awesome too because the next week, even though at the time, if if you go back, a lot of people were kind of divided on it when Foley got announced by Linda, the yeah. support person, mm-hmm. that popped me as a kid too. Of course, because um, he's fucking awesome as a kid, right? Vince was a baby back. Whenever Vince was a baby face back then, it was always awesome. Remember when he uh, briefly joined the union and had the two by four? I they, wasn't quite watching yet, but I've but I've but I've seen the highlights. Yeah, incredible visual of the five of them standing yeah. there with two by four. <laughs> quite the imagery, still is. Yeah. Um, the only memories I have are like my mom watching it, and like, yeah, she she loved Mick Foley because. <laughs> My mom thought Mick Foley was like attractive. She thought he was handsome. My mom thinks Mick's handsome. He honestly is and handsome. So, he, just, he really is a very good. He and is. Like, I think. I think my mom liked Mick because he was like a funny, goofy, charming guy. There's something that like about him. She found him even more attractive because of that. Yeah. So like. You know, and like I think, like it reminded her. Like I guess it made like Mick was just kind of like this goofy, like guy would do crazy stuff, and it was like she was like probably thinking, eh, I kind of married a guy like that. Um, but... That's why my life, my wife loves Buddy Matthews. Is he so charming and funny and charismatic? We have a lot in common. Do you think he's gonna write a couple bestsellers? Probably, yeah. Um, about the only I'm thing never... that Buddy Matthews and I have in common, by the way, is our hair color. <laughs> Fucking good workers too. I'll That's never, true, yeah. I'll never forget watching like the raw diva search segments with like uh, Carmela Decas or whatever her name was, uh, Carmela Decasera or whatever. I can't remember how to pronounce her last name. It was Carmela and and um, uh, Christy Hemi. Oh yeah, and, like, I know what you're talking about. With my parents and my mom, my mom like being appalled by like the like basically like gutters. Yeah. Quoting, um, quoting, gutter slut comment, and um, she was so mad that like they were saying this stuff. He's crazy. Some of the shit I did is nuts, man. I was watching, and of course, I, we have to remember things have changed. It was funny. We were all laughing about it, you know. Dad, me, my brothers were all just thinking. We thought it was funny because you know it's things have changed, rightfully so. But at the time, it was just very, very funny. Good um, lord, what what a shot! God, I gotta tip my cat. I can't even come back. That's a god bless, man. Well done. But um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, 
mom mom will make comments like a typical mom would make about like stuff like why is she wearing that mm. or like and, and it doesn't even necessarily mean like it doesn't even mean like she's showing too much skin it's just like she'll think the outfit doesn't look good yes and so she'll like want to know she'll be like well you know that doesn't look very good or like she'll like comment on like a promo like a vince's promo like i remember she watched the uh uh during the vince sean build for the uh, tag match again with with god my dad loved it we all loved it when they went to the church mom my mom's very religious she was appalled what year was that oracle 2006 that's what i thought that was before I she met my, was wife. Like, my wife would have hated that she was like she was like oh my god that's, that's one crazy. of the craziest things they've ever done she, she, she yeah. goes she goes i'll never forget she was fitz mcmahon he's the, he's the damn devil well yeah she was well yeah <laughs> so um Oracle, I know you. I, I I would assume Joe's familiar with him too. I'm guys. Uh, Tojo Yamamoto. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. my father-in-law told me this a couple years ago. Oh my God, and my father-in-law is a very um stoic Southern man. He's got like the the full accent and everything. Pops me huge. Um, I've noticed. Um, <laughs> That whenever I go down there for like a week, by the end of the week, I'm kind of talking like him a little bit. <laughs> the idea of you actually popping huge, like it does, man. Like, you. yeah, just laughing anyway, in his face. <laughs> like we're, you know, I've been married to my wife now for almost eleven years, so I've known him for twelve years now since we met, and like we have a very, I don't know what the right word for it is. Like, we like each other, but we're not, like, yeah. pals and, like, swapping stories and stuff. And we went, we went down there for SCI. And every year we went to SCI, we would go to Crossville first to their house and hang out for a couple of days before we came over to Chattanooga. And one day out of the blue, he just tells me this story about Tojo Yamamoto. Um, <laughs> when, when he was in college, he played football. Um, my father-in-law played football at, at Austin P in Tennessee. And he and his buddies were out one day, and they see Tojo Yamamoto coming out of the dry cleaner, oh. like loading his loading his. I don't know. I don't know if it was his gear or his clothes or whatever into the back of his truck or his car. And one of the guys is like, "Holy shit, that's Tojo Yamamoto! Pull in here!" So they pull in and they get out of the car and they go up to Tojo and like, um. They're like trying to get an autograph or something. I mean, it wouldn't have been a picture because this was the 70s, mm-hmm. so that doesn't make any sense. It would have been an autograph. And of course, this is back then. So Tojo's a heel and he's, you know, he's being a dick to him. <laughs> um, that rules. So I don't remember all the details, but long story short, one of the dudes punches Tojo Yamamoto in the face. And pushes him into the trunk of his car, and they just like drive off and leave Tojo Yamamoto in the parking lot. And if anyone else had told me this story, I wouldn't believe it. I would think it was just like a tall tale. But him telling me this story is like, oh my god, because it was so true. Unlike anything he'd ever told you before. Yes, there's no. Yeah. Yes. Well, all I gotta say is, Tojo, brother, be glad you didn't work for Bill Watts. 
Tell you what, Bill had found out about that. Oh, yo, oh, yeah. <laughs> Stories like when like Nash tells the story of like he like fucked up out there, and Bill watches corner over and trying to like bend down a little bit, and he just punched him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember that story because <laughs> is this a shoot? Like, All I can think of. Good. <laughs> All I can think of is is Joe and Bob meeting for the first time and Joe doing. It. <laughs> like I think. Nash it's like Bob leaning down and Joe punching him. <laughs> Nash, Nash tells it as though it was like a pretty common like punishment that he would. And Arn tells a story of where he called him Gene. <laughs> he said, "Gene, come over here." Fucking Gene, not even only. <laughs> that pops me. <sighs> Oracle, when did Gene wrap up in the ring? When was he done? God, it had to be like what early eighties, mid eighties. Genuinely, like almost a decade, probably before this moment happened, where he called on Gene. <laughs> it's fucking incredible. Every and time, here, I folks, up, for Black History, we have Cowboy Bill. Brother, I just will never believe they did that. A round table show booked to talk about black history and professional wrestling and fucking it had to be JR that did it too. I forgot about that, yeah. You know for like look, God bless Jim, but like it was Jim, right? It must have been the book yeah. cowboy bill for that show. It's fucking incredible. The excuse they can use as well. I mean, look at the you know, look at the success yeah. of JYD. Yeah. Well they what they did was too, they they had obviously JYD and then they had Yeah, they, they book used, read too. Ron Simmons winning the title, they like kind of built this like evidence that he was this great. It's like, dude, he got fired for that. <laughs> like he said that exact. Thing. He was he was a very bad guy, folks. To be very clear, I and mean, we're laughing at that particular story, but he was a very bad guy. To be clear about that. Um. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I just that idea of Bob. Votes, that was <laughs> I like the airport. <laughs> Just going, come down here, pal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to talk a little bit. I had a chance to on the free agents. I want to talk a little bit about Cesaro, Claudio Castagnoli, who I told um, shoot the other night. I'm not dismissing the idea that he could he could go back to WWE, but that's on the table. What about you guys? Mm-hmm. But I do think it's an interesting subject because he's, you know, been one of the great wrestlers here for the last couple of decades. I know Oracle told me last night he believes he's one of the top 100 guys ever, right? He said to me. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued what your guys' thoughts are. It's a good chance for you to, you know, kind of speak on it a little bit, like the way I did on free agents. I'll start with you, Bob. Thoughts on Cesaro being a free agent? Yeah, I mean... It kind of feels like, you know, there's still that element that it could be like Drew Gulak where he just goes back next week. Um, but, you know, for, for the sake of conversation, we'll pretend that that's not going to happen. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff you can do, especially, you know, no non-compete. You got all these Mania Week shows coming up. Like, it could be a lot of fun. Um, 
you know, if obviously, and we both thought of it, I think independently, um, you know, coming in to team with Brian against Mox yep. and King would be incredible. We both uh, arrived at that one. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I was thinking about this yesterday. Like, you know, they probably did underuse him and under- underutilize him, but he's still one of the better, like, TV and tag guys that they've had in the past 20 years or so. And I think that's impressive, too. Um, so, I mean, he's going to have options. Um you know, it doesn't seem like he really wanted to leave, so that's kind of why I think he might just end up going back. But, you know, it's always fun to kind of look at the options these guys have, especially now when they have legitimate options. I will say <clears throat> there is some mixed reporting on what he wants. I know that Dave was pretty pretty straightforward on the idea that it's purely money. I would personally say, and this is just me, I know nothing, this is guy guessing. The fact that he signed a one-year deal to begin with I think is telling. Mm-hmm. In terms of he he clearly wants some kind of usage, otherwise he'd just re up for five years and be cool. Uh, that doesn't mean he won't resign because I think Bob and I both feel there's a decent chance that happens. But it's worth stating. Uh, quickly, I want to give some love to Andrew, who said who sends a another uh, super grin. He says, "You guys have created something special. I hope you continue to be successful. All four of you are so compelling in your own way, which quite frankly is far too nice a comment." For this particular program, but we do appreciate that's that's a lovely, lovely sentiment. Um, Oracle, hmm. focus on free agency for Cesaro and what you'd like to see him do, what you think he'll do, so on and so forth. Man, hmm. I'd like a. <clears throat> I'd like him to just give a call to wherever, whatever. Give me a reason to watch a few Mania indie shows. Let him work like eight matches on Mania weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and then call Tony Khan and say, Anthony. <laughs> you know, that dude probably would say that too. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to come in here. I'm going to do me a program that involves uh, like a little side program with Eddie Kingston because we know Eddie and Jericho are going like a year. Yeah. Get a little side program with Eddie in the spring, summer. Uh, on a per appearance basis, let me work other stuff. If things work out, sign me. If not, so mm-hmm. be it. For you That's as a fan, my yeah. hope for what I want to see. Is it fair to say you're just excited by the idea of just seeing him wrestle in kind of different environments? And, you know, that's what the indie, the Mania Weekend thing pops up. Mario Castagnoli versus Jonathan Gresham. There you go, brother. Hmm. Well, that, to be fair, that could still happen if he signs with AEW. Sure. It feels like, given what's going to be announced here in a few days. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest. I actually agree with your assessment that Ring of Honor is the thing that's happening. I don't actually know if Gresham's anything to do with that, <laughs> which I know sounds insane, but like, I kind of think there was a chance that he was there to just talk to Tony about like what they would do with him because like Gresham is a different cat and he's particular about how he'd be used and how he could wrestle. Right. Like, you know, he's a guy that's good enough. You take a meeting with him, right, and explain, you know, talking through it. So I. But then if they do do what we expect them to do, 
then he would you know be a lot easier to figure out, right? So right. Imagine Gresham versus Randy Orton. Brother. How would that go? I know I know you asked that with like a slight, it sounds hilarious. But if you could somehow convince Randy to take it seriously, that match would fucking rule. Yeah. <laughs> it would rule. Um shoot. You haven't had a chance to about this yet. Cesaro, free agent. What do you think? I As you've probably, as we've seen on this show, when we do topics like this, I have moved away in a lot of ways from fantasy booking stuff. Because um, I'm reaching the point in my life where I just want to see what they do, so I don't even bother too much with it. But this was one where I couldn't help myself immediately. Mm-hmm. Which would be Danielson. Basically telling Moxley to go fuck himself, and then Claudio is the is actually his partner in this Danielson Dojo gimmick. Um, I think that's the pay per view finish, honestly. In my, yeah. if I have the pencil, yeah, yeah, because really you can do the Kingston stuff down the road. You can mm-hmm. kind of, you can kind of build that a little bit and and drop hints at you know because they some people know the story, some people don't. I'm kind of in the middle where I've never seen any of it, but I at least kind of know the story. Um, but anyway, um, I hope we'll get, look, I, this is the stupid preface stuff we do. He should do whatever he wants to do, but I hope he comes to AEW, um, for my own personal entertainment. Um, the great thing of legitimately, like this is one, you know, there's times where AEW as an organization, as an idea, gets kind of sugar-coated and, and propped up a little bit too much, but this is one that's genuine. You yeah. can go to AEW and you can still do other stuff. Yeah, That yeah. can't be understated. That's a big deal. Um, so Cesaro could still... Because I, like... You know, I'm probably not going to watch a lot of it, but I would... The idea of Cesaro going and doing stuff, like Claudio going and doing stuff like that would be awesome. Like yeah. Bloodsport, <clears throat> you know, stuff like, like that. That would be awesome. Yeah. Seeing him in this, what the modern indies All are now. Japan too, yeah. Like him in like a Suzuki Gun style presentation, yeah. one of those cool fucking track suits, kicking the shit out of guys. That sounds tremendous. So him against Minoru Suzuki sounds yeah. fucking incredible. I, oh. Yes, I kind of think you know you and I were very connected to Buddy being an AEW, and we've you know we've won. But I would say these are they're different because of the age. But it's a similar situation in the sense of like I feel he wins regardless. The biggest paycheck, the biggest exposure is AEW. <laughs> really well and have great matches but to be honest with you if he goes anywhere else he's a he's the fucking top guy so he's kind oh, yeah. of golden right like he's his choice as to and this is before i go any further eddie king is my favorite so i obviously want him in AEW. so i'm not doing the i'm not doing that he should go to impact thing you guys know that right but if what he's actually wants to do is to like actually be the kind of you know to steer to run the show a little bit let's be honest Every other promotion in America, he would be their top guy on day one. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I would if he went to Impact, I would watch it. Yeah, like if he's their world champion, I will watch that show. I, mm-hmm. The big thing. I don't think him, he should. I don't, but like right. I, I get the argument completely for why he would. Yeah, and I, I think the big thing here is, and I said this on the free agents, and I don't need to, you know, beat into the ground, but I, it's, I need to reiterate, like, if your take on this is, well, they don't need him and they shouldn't sign him, I just think you've lost the plot. Like, I, yeah. Listen, man, 
<clears throat> we can debate until the cows come home whether he's a top guy or not. Five years ago, six years ago, one year ago. You sign this dude. If you run a wrestling promotion and he's available, you sign him. Yeah. I'm so, I, I have not thought about this thoroughly, but I'm going to throw it out there. This dude would be an immediate top 10 worker in the promotion. And I would, frankly, all things equal, you have 10 minutes to have a great TV match. I would say he's probably in the top five. The thing he I would say, spectacular. the difference between him in WWE and him in AEW, he's probably not a world champion either. We know he's not going to be world champion in WWE. I, like, and AEW too, let's be honest. Isn't but the, the only thing I'll say in AEW is you can see the scenario where it could if happen. If he gets himself over, they won't. Right. Like, I'm not saying it will. It probably won't. The odds are against it. But you could see the scenario where everything clicks and and – He's well, the guy here for a little bit. The Danielson role is perfect, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got such... Because I, I said this to Oracle. If the Danielson faction is just him and young guys, it's like, that's cool. Like, Claudio would give it some real kind of cred, right? Because, like, yeah. everyone that watches AEW loves that guy. Like, look look at the reaction Buddy got, man. I'm still, <laughs> yeah. You know, That's like a genuine thing that happened. You know, like... We'll see how it goes, like... Oh, long term, whether it sustains, but that yeah. was actually wild. Genuinely, and feel free to throw names away because I'm not saying this is a fact. This is just like me guessing at fucking 6 a.m. Like the only wrestler that I 100% would trust more than Claudio with a 15 minute TV match is Brian Danielson. Other than that, he's about as good as he's ever been. He's incredible at that stuff. How many matches would he have on Raw? And we were all watching that show where there'd be no heat, there'd be no program, no angle, and he would fucking get that thing over and it'd be a great match. Like, he's great. One of the great wrestlers, you know, he's tremendous. Can you imagine if instead, and I'm talking purely because the match would be incredible, is instead of him doing the Danielson thing, Hangman beats Cole, and then on that Dynamite after Revolution, Cesaro, Claudio shows yep. up and goes right at Hangman. I would pop. That match would be but, fucking incredible. But you know what the, you know. I don't care what they would like. I don't care. No, not them. I mean, the Fleet fans, they get very defensive about the rankings and stuff, you know. Oh, well, whatever. I'm with you. I think it'd be That would be match. fucking incredible. The and yeah, Hangman beats him, but like. All of our pictures of him as a heel and like. I think there's real evidence that he should just be a babyface forever. Oh, yeah, he could be top babyface too. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the Kingston story is so great for this promotion because it is literally the same person that Eddie is now. <laughs> to explain it very briefly, Cesaro, Claudio was beloved babyface and you know, upstanding gentleman. Eddie Kingston thought he was full of shit. They had a feud all about respect where Eddie kept claiming he knew shit about Claudio, that he was this guy and he was that. And then... He revealed himself. He turned heel and was the head of the, I forget the faction, I, you know, memory, Shikara. Um, he turned heel when the whole point of it was Eddie Kingston was, he was right. He didn't yeah. make it right the way he went about it, but like that sounds familiar to a lot of the stuff Eddie does now, doesn't it? Like, it's perfect. Just the idea of him being with Danielson and Moxley having to do like a, <laughs> Moxley, they say to Moxley, I you know, find a partner, and it's like, well, <laughs> I've got a guy. <laughs> The place I would, God bless, man. And, then, and the, the, to me, that pairing 
Eddie and Claudio, those matches, is like why I love wrestling. Could you find two great wrestlers that are any more different than those two guys? And their chemistry is perfect because of it. You have the pristine athlete that can do anything in that ring versus the guy that does chops and suplexes. Looks like he just walked off the streets basically sometimes, right? And he's fucking, you know, they go in there and have great matches. That's that's what wrestling's all about to me. So often we do this thing, we talk about dream matches, we pair guys that are like identical, you know? Yeah. They're the matches that are great, man. The contrast. So Nate brings this up, and I don't know, he may have said it too, but he definitely tweeted this out last night. Yeah. And I was telling you, this was popping me huge. There was, uh, there was, uh, half the people, not a lot, a lot of people got it, so I don't want to overemphasize, but there was a section of people who think Eddie legitimately hates Claudio, and like this comment was a shoot, and like, and then there was another section of people who don't know the history at all, and again think this comment was a shoot, <laughs> but yeah. think he's just talking shit and doing the AEW right. tougher than WWE stuff. The quote tweets on that tweet are incredible there was so funny because it's like this collection of of two different groups of people who didn't get it for two different reasons and then there's also a a ton of people popping huge because they know what he's doing Um, god god bless this guy this will pop you there was an impact stand that was replying to every claudio to AEW tweet with eddie hates him yeah he can't happen he should go to impact yeah bro dude there, I, I the list of people that some se- some section of Twitter is convinced that Eddie hates is fucking hilarious, and it's because Eddie's good at his what he does. Here's the funniest part: Claudio never even plays ball with it. Yeah, he like shared his article with the, the player tribute one. He did that. He regularly interacts with Eddie's shit on social, and it's like. Eddie's so vociferous and relentless with this work that he is convinced they hate each other. JJ this brings this up, and this was a clip we actually just watched. Yeah, I sent this to you, right? Yeah, yeah I watched that. By the way, that's on YouTube. Cool. Like they love, yeah. Like... It's on YouTube free right now, by the way. That so okay. I'm not, here's the thing. I'm very hesitant to wait this because I don't want to ruin anyone's fun. But like, truthfully, there's not many people that dislike Eddie and vice versa. It's kind of the opposite. <laughs> It's yeah. kind of the point. And when he regularly calls Claudio a scumbag and a piece of shit, the joke is he's like the one guy that everyone agrees is true class and true. That's the bit, you know, like he's calling him a scumbag because he's, you know, in an industry of scumbags, it's fucking Claudio. He's like the nicest guy ever, you know? This is hilarious too. Mo- that's I, I don't know if you've read Mox's book, but that's a bit in Mox's I mean, book too. They delayed it again. Little inserts that are just jokes that Claudio, a joke that Claudio had told me. Brother, he is the man, and I'll, if he resigns tomorrow at WWE, you will not see any dipshit subtweet from me. So you know he has never moaned about his booking or complained. He's a guy that loves his job, and if he wants to go elsewhere, I'll happily watch. If he stays there, whenever I stop for him watch, I'll be happy to see him. He is fucking great and i don't want to get into the whole was he miss underutilized i agree with bob completely he had a hell of a run there are clearly windows where you could have done more with him i personally am of the belief and this is just me and we don't need to get into it i think he is a good example of where people have lost the plot when it comes to professional wrestling in which he would regularly get over and it would just be explained over and over again his flaws while guys that don't have those flaws never get over 
and get fucking beat into our brains as top guys, Cesaro section. He got over. The Booker's job is to make the most of it. It is not to try and make him a WWE-style main eventer. That's what I want to say. I've spent my opinion on that. I didn't get me started. Anything else on, on Claudio and Cesaro? I hope we get to see him in AEW. If he decides to go back to the WWE and make a bunch of money, God bless him. He's earned it. He's had a hell of a career, right? And yeah. What a pro. Dude always looks incredible. Never never out of shape, right? Dude's like, he looks the same for 15 years. He's incredible. Um, okay. I want to talk about something she alluded to, this big business deal we've got coming up here. But we all we actually like all locked in on Ring of Honor. That seems to be the consensus too now. Have you noticed that? There's, I, the other consensus is that it's not anything that big of a deal and it's going to be a giant letdown, which is also, let's be clear. If so, dangerously Dixie, I have to say. Yeah. You know, if it's saying we even us are like, because like, let's be honest, if they announce Ring of Honor, there's going to be a section of people on Twitter that say it's not a big deal, but like, yeah. If they get Ring of Honor tape live, it's a big deal. Okay. If it is something that even we send to each other, like, Someone needs to tell Tony to chill on the announcements in that yeah, case. This, <laughs> one, this one he's built up. Yeah. He did a fucking... I still don't understand why he did that interview with, with Tony. That, that little pre-show mm-hmm. interview. I don't... He literally didn't tell you anything, but... Why didn't he do it after, too? Doing it before made it feel like... that like you don't do it before when he isn't on the show that you're about to... You know, <laughs> like, do it after the show. <laughs> but, yeah, him talking about non-disclosure agreements and, like, I... Yeah. Look, I could be a hundred percent wrong. Um, I'm fairly confident that he's purchased Ring of Honor, and that he's going to run it as a separate brand. Probably taped at Universal. Hopefully on TBS at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. <laughs> um, that that's the part that's actually. Um, really interesting to me if he if he has purchased Ring of Honor, is where are we going with like, where is it actually going to air? Is it going to be? Let's kick that around here in a second because I, I you know that's right my street. We'll we'll do that conversation. I um, you know what I've been making this joke. It's not off the table. There's it's part of me that table. one. There's part of me that thinks that's actually going to be a thing. Yeah, it's not off the table at all. Um. I think then, ben's... let's be let's preface this that all four of us understand that this conversation we're about to have could look really stupid in about oh, five days. <laughs> Brother, we're two hours in. Put Ben's Ben's comment is um I said that like I can't do it. This I'm not dismissing. Oh, that would be this, fucking incredible. I'm not dismissing. Um I don't expect it, obviously, the way I do the Ring of Honor thing, but I will say this. And Josh references it. Read every quote. There's this particular phrasing he puts in there every time, which is for the wrestling fan. And he, what he's basically saying with that is to nerds like fuck it, like me, <laughs> meaning him, you know, Tony Khan I'm talking about, this is going to pop you. The other thing he always says too is, and for the wrestlers. Yes. Which sounds like more opportunities. And here's what I would like to get into in terms of what that could look like. It's a direct version of what NXT was for WWE, right? It's the exclusive yeah. brand for your streaming service. Yeah. I'm convinced of it. Like, 
if you look, here's this deal. If you get the tape library, you don't need to do a deal with HBX, HBMX. You do a streaming service, right? Right. You, just do, you know, and here's the, this is what's interesting though. Because this is something that I think a lot of people have talked about. We haven't, us, you know, talking privately and stuff. There's a chance he's bought the library and not the promotion. That too, Because yeah. there is no promotion. There is no talent contracts. So there could be a deal here to be made, which basically works something like this. He buys Honor Club and he absorbs that into whatever streaming service he wants to create. So he has the tape library, okay? And literally the deal would be as simple as Ring of Honor can use the footage. They are not selling anymore because, to be quite frank, they have made a complete mess of Honor Club. So the, the basically the idea would be they've wasted this streaming service anyway. They can make some nice cash from TK for the for the footage. They can kind of be friendly with each other. But, you know, Ring of Honor can still do its shows and do footage for Sinclair. Because, that you know, I guess that appeals to them. It has for a long time. That would but probably they get considerably less than... But do you think that would be cool? But I want him, I want him, I want Ring of Honor to be a brand that AEW. But runs. do you not think that's fit, definitely feels like feasible though? Like, oh, it's definitely in play, one hundred percent. Like how much money do they make from Honor Club? You know, like I, yeah. I just I feel, just, and I like people it. in the chat have said it, and I agree. If you're buying the tape library, you might as well just buy the damn trademarks and. Mm-hmm. Right, but they might want to run. What I mean is, so Sinclair may not actually be looking to sell the promotion. Yeah, that's fair. Like, because if if they want to keep it on their networks, then, like, TK probably doesn't want to be airing shit on sync. Like, he'd want to bring it in, right? So that's where it gets... That's I don't know. We don't know We know what this, the outlook is. I agree with it. The promotion basically is the tape library. I understand that. What I'm saying is we don't know what they have planned Ring of Honor, do we? So The idea of, Ring of like, you know, because I brought this up months ago. Mm-hmm. When yes, this yes. first happened, like the idea of Universal tapings becoming Ring of Honor and being their own promotion, I don't know if that's the play though. I kind of think you've got to get like you've got to get a market that fits, you know. You got Instead to get of doing a... Universal, yeah. Like I, I know it would pop you and I, but if you really want it to work, I think you have to try and recapture the vibe they had. Fifteen. I mean, you could, years. yeah, you could you know, East Coast. Wherever, like, do you know what I'm saying? Could do the ECW arena. Tony's very fond of that place. Like, they um, take TV there a lot. You could kind of make it look a certain way for your purposes as a kind of studio setting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just. The Japanese promotion things are weird because Tony clearly values the New Japan partnership and that kind of. Yeah. That would make things very complicated uh, there. You know, it's they have a very different outlook on all that stuff. And obviously Noah and them yeah. just did that show together. So Yeah, I don't I mean, even know. There's possibilities there. I just that's a that would be a very weird um I don't think that's what it is, quite frankly. Yeah. Because so many of his wrestlers want to work in New Japan. Could could He's, you turn all Japan into something that in that interests right. them? I mean, sure you could, but I mean the big thing for me with the Ring of Honor deal is like, how much are you gonna go? How much are you gonna swing for the fences on this? Like, you know, when WWE did NXT, people forget this. I referenced it regarding Dolph a couple weeks ago. They would do that old school deal of sending a top guy to each taping, right? Like Randy Orton worked NXT. Yeah. But we're gonna have 
you know, is Danielson's Universal match going to be on Ring of Honor TV? Is that what we're going to do? We could. Here's right? the thing that, that that's actually really interesting about this, because it's Tony Khan. You really can't rule anything out. Right. Versus like what what some other people might like you. Like if you told me that Tony's going to buy Ring of Honor, and he's going to do bi-weekly tapings and tour the country, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think, look, to be totally honest, I think clearly Tony's pockets are deep enough to buy Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. It'll be a matter of what he wants to do and what they want to do. I do think as much as it pops you and I, there is a chance that he isn't actually interested in running it as a brand. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's definitely. You know, because he has a lot, right? And the Cody thing is like one, but... I will say it was interesting that Regal came up on TV this week, wasn't it? Yes, that's usually not a coincidence in that company. No, so I will, but I will say, look, I think Tony could also see the value. I do too. Yeah, in having this place for his the wrestlers that he has under contract to have another place to wrestle. That you, I, because mean, I, I honestly, I could see it being a thing where the brands are are kind of interchange like you like guys could show up in ring of honor and show up in like i don't think it's gonna that's be that's how i do it i mean i i'll be honest with you my my mind went to like you know they do the fan fest stuff for like pay-per-views but you know do the ring of honor hall of fame ceremony at, at double or nothing week or something like, oh that would be incredible yeah you know, if you're an AEW fan, you really tell me AEW fans wouldn't pay to go see CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, and the Briscoes right. again. That's like, I just it's, like it's interesting, man. They, they share so much now because of the guys, the top guys in in AEW. You know, there's really just this part of me that's just like, this announcement is going to be Tony Khan's acquired Ring of Honor, and then fucking Cody's music's going to hit, mm. and he's going to be the EVP of Ring of Honor. I'm and it's so gonna it's gonna work. It's gonna solve this issue where like Tony was kind of sick of Cody. But now he can kinda he can keep him in the fold, but the problem is the money part though, right? Yeah, I don't I, I actually don't think this is gonna happen. You just can imagine it, yeah. You can definitely envision it. I honestly think if it happens like I think Regal's the guy. Yeah, that would be a great move. And I kind of think they would go full, like, that would kind of be a training facility for them too. And, you know, there's a guy that used to be pretty important to the ROH dojo that's that's there now, and one of his friends is out there as a free agent, and he was just doing some stuff at the performance center. So, like, God do I think that CM Punk could show up to a – a gymnasium with the Ring of Honor logo every every couple of weeks and have some fun. Yeah, I do. You know, and I could see that being a full time job for the other guy that I alluded to. Like, this I, just, this, this, I this agree the with the way. chat. Good. Tony bringing up non disclosure agreements made this feel like this is not some little right. venue announcement or mm. like this is something different. But this be this is the best way to capture this. Revolution is headlined by two guys that you would legitimately have like a hundred Ring of Honor matches of each on your streaming service. Not just that, their whole rise effect. I mean, obviously, 
Cole especially, PWG, but like you would see their growth just through Ring of Honor. That tape's all you'd need. Speaking of such, PWG for this streaming service. Yeah. That sure seems like a good fit, doesn't it? Oracle, did you have any thoughts on Ring of Honor owned by Tony Khan? Joe and I kind of dominated there for a bit. Can you imagine listening to this show? No, <laughs> People are like, did my did, did it get paused? What happened? Hmm. <clears throat> I have an idea. Okay. So, so before before Oracle goes into his idea, that reaction there tells me that Tony Khan's bought IWTV. <laughs> <laughs> um, if that had happened, uh, I would have gotten a phone call from my dad, like uh, a long time ago, panicking. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> Tony Khan comes out on the stage. Takes the microphone. He does his little head bob thing. And he says, I have an announcement to make. Tony Khan says, I have signed weeks ago. Will now formally announce a non disclosure agreement with World Wrestling Entertainment <laughs> Cody Rhodes was, was it was the liaison between the two parties. There will be an emergency stream. Confirmed shoot will announce his retirement from podcasting. Bob will celebrate <laughs> in the streets of St. Louis. Joe will go. Oh my God, I. I, I became a free agent. I did all these things. I got all, you know, 200 patrons and all, so many subscribers on YouTube and all this for this. 
I say that a lot as is, to be honest. <laughs> and, then, and then I'll go, yeah, but can we still do the historical oracle? And then Joe will say, well, we'll let it play out. Meanwhile, Nick Khan will arrive on stage with Tony Khan. And in an even bigger swerve, they will both announce that Ollie Wrestling and World Wrestling Entertainment have jointly bought Ring of Honor. <laughs> and <clears throat> Bruce Pritchard will arrive. <laughs> And pull out a match and light a Ring of Honor contract on fire. Symboling the death of Ring of Honor officially. And it will be confirmed that Ring of Honor will be liquidated into NXT level up. That's spoiled. And um, it will be a disastrous day in the world of wrestling. Tears will be shed. Factual. Can't confirm. Tweets will be made aggressively. Does so that mean that made. would Samoa Joe go back to NXT then? Yes. Oracle, what if the announcement is that Tony Khan signed John Cena? <laughs> I'd be so mad. <laughs> I'd be so frustrated when he beat all the guys I liked. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Like, he shows up like once a year. He's just an AEW superstar now. Okay. That makes sense. Like Jack Crosby on the grin? Yeah. Mm. Like an AEW ambassador. Oh, that would rule. Like Paul White, basically. Yeah. <laughs> as oh, per yeah. the as per their agreement, anytime he's in a movie, it has to say AEW superstar John Cena. I'm not done yet, though. Okay. Fair. Suddenly, through the crowd, a legend emerges. Please, Slowly but surely, making his way down steps. Coming out to I don't know. I have to think of a good song. Comes out. It's Greg Ganya. <laughs> and Greg comes out and he confronts the two cons and he says, Gentlemen, this won't last. You didn't cut me in the deal. You have no chance to survive. I was at that table. I was in that meeting. I helped put the non-disclosure agreements together. You left me out. It was my idea to purchase and, and, and have these companies join together. It was my idea to purchase Ring of Honor and, and, and put it in NXT level up. And now I have an army of soldiers with me. That's actually not really a good term to use. An army of wrestlers. 
Um, trying to be, you know, current time sensitive here. <clears throat> yes, I like that. And he says, "Here, here, here are my wrestlers." And it's just one guy for the time being. Buddy Murphy comes out and knees both cons. And Buddy Murphy comes out wearing an AWA shirt. And they've restarted the AWA. And we have an emergency live stream after Shoot has already retired. And he says, I've unretired. I've returned yeah. to wrestling. Joe says, the late night grin has been saved. Bob says, yeah, it was okay. Where does um, Kevin Von Erich and World Class fit into this? Uh, eventually, Greg will need to have to 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 to, to share some power, yeah, and he will agreed. he will call up Kevin and say, "Kevin, <laughs> talk some politics first. All right, I need your help. Um, can you assist me in this?" And he will say, "Yes." And it will be world class championship wrestling and AWA fighting off the corporate conglomerate. And it would be the greatest angle in the history of wrestling. Greatest feud. So the idea of Greg Gagne, Kevin Von Erich, and Bud Matt all teaming up. My only reaction to that is earlier, Joe had mentioned a lack of, of spraying on backs. This has solved that problem, right. for me personally at least. <laughs> Bob? Your uh, your thoughts on the Ring of Honor deal? I mean, I know it's pretty difficult to match what Oracle just did, but yeah, Oracle took my idea uh, pretty much to be there. So, um, yeah. No, I I do think it'd be pretty cool. Like if they get the tape library, there's a lot of Ring of Honor stuff that I'd like to watch without buying another streaming service that I'm just going to use to watch wrestling. So, can we all know. agree as a family? All together, can we agree that if this actually happens, we have to do a sort, some sort of Ring of Honor series? Yes. Probably, yeah. Joe? Yes, confirm Oracle. shoot. Um, what do you guys think that Greg Gagne's rating on cage match is? 7.2. Oracle? Five point seven. Five point four one. That's just, just terrible. He gets a lot of that Mike Graham heat, man. Like people just dunk because he's dead. You know, it's the whole thing. Did you know that uh, Greg Gagne and Kevin Von Erich have never been in the same ring together? It's been other arenas together, I'm sure. He he did work one match with Kerry. Um, in 1984, April 24th, 1984, the High Flyers, Greg Gagne and Jim Brunzel, faced Dory Funk Jr. and Kerry Von Erich. 
in mm. the uh, All Japan Grand Champion Carnival. Is that the coolest name for a wrestling tournament ever? Yes. Mm-hmm. Gotta be right, Champion Carnival Oracle. Mm. Oh yeah. Hey guys, um, I'm I'm good. I'm gonna be here probably till the end of the show, but. I have to be honest that when Shoot was reading that, I looked at Bob and I legitimately thought he was in fact asleep, mm-hmm. and he did warn us he was tired. Bob, would you like to? Are you good? Or would you like to? Yeah, play? I'll stick around for a little bit longer. I don't know if I'm going to make it another uh, hour and a half, but uh, yeah, I'll stick around. It's all right, Bob. At, when we hit the three-hour mark, you and I are both going to leave, and then the final hour is just going to be Joe and Oracle talking about World Championship Wrestling. Yeah, um, hell yeah, that rolls. This happened before with just people still being here, to be fair. Yeah. Because so. I have to work in the morning and Bob's very tired. So. Should we just do a free hour grin? We could do that too, yeah. I mean, Oracle and I would love to at WCW, but like, as a family, I think we sh- it's probably best we make an executive decision, you know? Chris just got here, though. Well, you get what you get, I suppose. <laughs> um, I'm going to go watch Halloween 6 after this. Mm. Uh, Bob, please rank the Halloween did, movies. Did y'all hear my knuckle smash oh, against yeah. the? Yeah, <laughs> it's tremendous. Bob, please rank the Halloween movies from least favorite to favorite for you personally. I gotta watch them, man. I didn't watch it. Why just said rank them? Well, um, Halloween one. Halloween least two. favorite. Oh, least favorite. Um, yeah, yeah. I I heard Halloween Kills is pretty bad, so yeah. you put that one near the bottom. Yeah. Um. I don't have much more to go on here. All right. Fair. It's actually a fair point. That doing a three-hour grin feels like a good way to get us all prepared for for the 12-hour stream on. I'll be honest. Oshkosh. I say this now. Well, he said Oshkosh while you were frozen. Oracle's back to listing towns for me. Oh, I, I was frozen. Sorry, I didn't hear. Yeah. Um, I'll be completely honest. We had this idea many, many months ago. And in the last six hours, it has become very clear to me how bad an idea it is. Um, I'm borderline dreading this event now. Completely transparent. Um, I have done no planning. I have no one booked to arrive on the, on the show. But we have... We have grinners, right? Yeah. And with grinners, anything's possible. I will say, I'm going to say this now... And if it doesn't happen, whatever. I think, folks, you may even see a reunion of sorts on Monday's 12-hour stream. Hmm. Maybe, just maybe. Wow. Indeed. Is there going to be lots of guests on this stream? Um, The one that I just referenced is the only one that has contacted me about being on this show whatsoever. God bless him. He phrased it as though he, I believe his exact quote was, will there be room for me? Didn't have the heart to tell him that he was the only person that. <laughs> they probably said yes. <laughs> so um, he'll be a reunion. I'm hoping some people get dropped through. But honestly, I don't really care if they don't because I just, I want to see how it goes, man. Like, I think, shoot, you're probably going to be there at the start, starting out of the soon, right? Uh, there's a pretty good chance. I can't promise it. I I would venture to guess, but I can't say with certainty that I will probably finish second to you for longest amount of time on yep. this stream on Monday. Mm. But 
there's also a chance that shit's going to come up and you'll barely see me at all. Um, but I don't work Tuesday, so there's a pretty good chance I will be there at the, at <laughs> the end, if nothing else, for the big celebration at the end, which will basically probably, if I know us and I know Joe, the final hour is probably just going to be the countdown over and over and over <laughs> and over and over, and over I, again. So I actually, we might as well do this here. Like, Do you guys have any ideas what we could do to fill like, one of these 12 hours, or are we no. just going to? Well, listen, we can do all kinds of stuff if I show up. So we should probably do some form of watch along, right? Yeah. Like when I say we, I mean me and the audience. I definitely don't think, I don't think you should plan any of them. All these watch along things should just be spontaneous. That's that's, that's what I think Mm -hmm. too. I think that's, that's part of it. I agree. That's fair. Um, I would like, here's a segment I would like to do, Bob. I'm going to pitch this to you now live on the air like a professional shit. Okay. I would like you to be on the program providing live Monday Night Raw commentary. I mean, I can. I'm planning to be on there for the last, like, six or seven hours of it after I get off work. So. Yeah. Oh, my like, God. Okay, I may be wrong about finishing second. Not, there. like, play-by-play. Play. I mean, like, we're yeah. talking, and then every once in a while you go, oh, my God, it's Liv Morgan or whatever, you know? That's fine. Yeah. That's just a random name I said. I didn't mean anything by that. Um, I mean, I'm pretty excited. I do have a pitch. My reference is to shoot as a joke and then pump my fist in celebration because I thought we'd fucking ruled. I talked to you guys on Tuesday, I believe it was, about the Ulmer NBA draft, in which they took the top 75 list and drafted from that. And Oracle, I'm intrigued on your thoughts on my pitch. I believe that we should take the final results of the 2016 Greatest Wrestler Ever poll. And we make that our pool of talent. That is our draft board. We each have one wild card pick, you know, it's, you know, one each. And that's what I said, right? And we draft from those 100 wrestlers. There has got to be minimum 20 that I've never seen wrestle. Minimum 60 that Bob has never seen wrestle. Which happened on the NBA draft. I can inform you that at the end, multiple people that were drafting players did not know who they were and was asking Jerry West to help. I think this could be fun. What do you guys think? Incredible. Yeah. There you go. It sounds great. That would be a nice little segment, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. We can do that. I, I, there'll be a great, a great part of this. Uh, will be after about round four when uh, we start picking guys that have already been taken. Oh yeah. And then we've got to yell at each other because we've. No, they've already been picked. And there'll be at least one time where we won't even notice that, and we'll get like eight picks later, and then the chat will be like, hey, wait a second. Joe's picked this guy twice now. I, uh... Shoot, have this you, have you been studying this list, Joe? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. You, have you ever looked at it? I've definitely... When I was reading all of the individual threads, I, I definitely looked at it. So it's, and I know it's, it's got so certain it's results. Tally, is it the final 100 that you're, that you're wanting to pick from? Yeah. Interesting. Because that would be like, the reason I thought it was because it's just a more interesting list than like WWE DVDs top 50, right? Like it's just whatever. Um, We have another thing coming up. Shoot, you've not heard of this. I'm intrigued on your thoughts, but I've got Oracle and Bobby on board. Bobby pitched something and then I... We're just doing content programming now. Um, Or planning now. Bobby wanted to do like an AJ Styles kind of project where we go through his his greatest hits 
And being the piece of shit I am, I took that and made it a completely different thing altogether. But I think Bob will agree. We came, we landed on the tape pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to announce this now. Shoot. If you're not interested, feel free to just say, go fuck yourself. It's fine. We are going to do a monthly special. At the end of each month, march forward. We're going to do a, a special podcast in which we talk about a single wrestler that was born in that month. At the start of the month, we'll put a poll out of four wrestlers. You guys decide which one we, we do. I'm freezing an awful lot. Am I back? Yeah, you're good. We will take the rest of you guys vote for. <clears throat> we will split their career into three acts. So AJ Styles is the example. We would do 2000s, New Japan maybe, or Bullet Club in general, WWE. We would then have two matches for each act. So it'd be six matches to watch in a month. Because I think all of us can agree, none of us want this to be a big workload, right? We would then, at the end of the month, do a special in which we we share our thoughts and such. Maybe some people would even drop or stop by as guests on those shows, maybe. Um, like the wrestlers themselves, you mean? Of course. You know, Jay Shell probably will be involved. Maybe even that piece of sh- Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> piece of shit, Jack Crosby, is what I said. I want to make clear. What did it sound like I said? Piece of shit. Sound like it was. My thing's dropping out like every minute. It's not good. Um, that's the thing that's going to be coming up here next month. Shoot, what do you think? Yeah, I'll probably be on board with that. Depending on who wins the polls each month. Would you like to know who's the first options? Sure. But Bob would have popped huge when I sent this to him. Very cunning on my part. All right. Oh, by the way, Bob texted me today, the Oracle of Wrestling is a real piece of shit. And I replied, I'm going to read this on the air. And he said, as you should, stand by. I was meant to make that a bit. Sorry, everyone. Mm. Oracle, you've squashed that now, right? Fair? Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Joe's coming. We have the following names. We have Kenta, which I think would be pretty interesting. You could do yeah, like, everyone, please vote for Kenta. I don't even care who the other three are. Old. Good lord, I'm getting the shit kicked out of me. Yes, you are. Kenta, which we would probably do like actual prime Kenta. We'd probably pick a couple of Fed matches out and then do his like revival run, I guess. Not Dax and Cash. I mean, like, he's recent couple of years. Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Ooh, there's a that's lot a good depth, one. There's a lot of depth there before people, before he was Mr. Perfect that makes him interesting. Portland. If, if you make me great. watch a 60-minute match, then I'm probably not doing that show. AWA, great. Oh, there's you don't have to watch that, dude. He's, the the uh, Stan Hansen match is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um. He's got other Bachmuckle matches that are great. They Did you like guys see the tweet but... today about him, about how people should quit saying that he, he's one of the best wrestlers and never win a world championship? That well, actually stopped me huge. Because the AWA? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's a world champion. He's great in um, Portland. His feud with Buddy Rose is incredible. We also have All Elite Wrestling star, Sting. Mm. And, I mean, that would be hard to cut into three acts, quite frankly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess you would just do Surfer, Crow, and then, like... TNA, maybe? I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I guess you just do Surfer, Crow, Old Fuck Sting, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he had, like, any actual good matches in TNA. 
honestly, he may have had more than he had as the crow in WCW, man. <laughs> At that point, he's working with guys that don't care. TNA sure. Sting kind of popped me, I ain't gonna lie. Okay. Let me let me defend Crow Sting WCW in 98-99 specifically. He was very good. Particularly by the spring of 98, I think he got actually super motivated in the ring and worked super hard. And I think he had it was only about a handful, but I think he had a handful of excellent matches. And I thought he often worked very hard. I think by the time Russo came in, he had given up. Yeah, fair. And and it was like it was only about an 18 month period. You know, I'd say Right, right around the time that first DDP match happened in 98, March 98, all the way up until basically towards the end of his title reign. That's fair. All the way up until the early months of his heel turn in 99 where he had good matches with like Benoit and, and uh, I think I think, it, I think he had like another good match or something. There's um, some good stuff in TNA though, genuinely. Oh, yeah. He's, 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 Isn't there a match in TNA where he wrestles Hogan? Yeah. And then, like, at the end, they team up and... They do the WrestleMania spot just with Sting instead of Rock. That's the only... Or, this is actually funny. That's one of maybe five TNA matches I've ever seen. Incredible. And I'm not going to lie. Pop me huge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that match got praised for the way it was put together. Yeah, it pop me huge. It's a great example of what you can do when you're over. Hogan's yeah. a giant piece of shit. I am not going to retroactively pretend that he didn't pop the hell out of me. That's fair. Uh, the final name that was just coincidentally born in March, little-known guy, um, uh, Samoa Joe, who I haven't seen much of. So he's on I hope Penta wins that poll. That would be awesome. That would actually be the most... Like, here's the, the hilarious part, and this is a very common theme for people that create content. The Kenta one would get, get us like would be the least successful as a video, and I think it'd be the most interesting one by far. Yeah, <laughs> Sting and and Joe, I'd assume, would be the most successful in, on YouTube, and I think the second most interesting is Case Hennig. <laughs> Are we doing these? Um, is this Patreon or paywall or YouTube? I think we should do these as like YouTube specials. Okay, because it's just kind of it's I like. My thing with the YouTube stuff is I like it to be easy to consume for people that don't have Patreon. So that's why like the historical Oracle and Fed Dead I try to keep there because they've kind of started on that. You know what I'm saying? Like if we yeah. I don't know, it feels kind of like shady to like make people pay to see the rest of something they've enjoyed, you know? That stuff. Now what we could do though is we could one hundred percent do like that in like different ways, right? Like we would probably talk about this project as it's happening on the grin, and then we would like formulate our, our takes on the special and talk about it in a more kind of I don't want to say serious, it's the late night grin, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So mm. there's a lot of different stuff. So how how do the matches get selected? Because if if we're doing Hennig, we're definitely doing like West Texas Rednecks tags in ninety nine. <sighs> Sorry guys. Matches will be selected. We'll we'll do it as a committee. Twenty four minutes, Joe. We're almost there. I know. I'm, I just I, it's a shame, man. You know, I've got twelve hour stream fast ahead here. It'd be bad if that didn't if this did this consistently. Um, I got gotcha. you. Uh, yes, we'll we'll do it as a committee. And I think we'll all have different, you know, expertise on these different guys, right? Like, 
and we can kind of figure it out together. We'll do ones that we all want to watch too. It's not supposed to be a challenge. It's like a fun project. So 99 Kurt Hennig is interesting because he actually gets good again for a year. And then like, I kind of want to, because he was so bad in 98, especially, but it's just, he popped me when he came back to the feds. Mm-hmm. Did he have any yeah. real like standout matches Oracle? Uh, I seem to remember thinking the Austin match on Raw after the Rumble was fun. That would be a fun one to watch. He also has a tag team with Big Boss Man on the C-Shows that a lot of people uh, <laughs> who think the way I think thought ruled. That sounds so, awesome. Yeah, it's. I actually think you'd probably pop for it. it the, the funny thing, and I, I would guess I'm the only one old enough to to truly experience this as a four of us. When boss man comes back to the fed, I don't, I can't speak to the consensus because this was when online was still kind of weird. And, but our group was very much like, why is this old fuck back <laughs> in WWF? And later in, you know, as I'm older, he's like 36. <laughs> but wrestling was very different back then and like Mm -hmm. the idea of somebody coming back from you know had been gone for seven years or something like that was impossible like we did not care about boss man at all at all who'd y'all care about i love boss man now but then i fucking we didn't care about him at all who was the who are the people you cared about at the time? I'm just mm-hmm. curious. I'm not even like. Um, when did Bossman come back exactly? October '98. Okay. So that would have been probably most of the top guys then, honestly. Austin Foley, um, Taker, Kane, yeah. Rock, um, EX, Shamrock, Vince. Yeah, I'm trying to. Rem- you know, it's hard to remember. Um, the oddities. Man, the oddities were over as hell. I did. They, I, they were not for me. That's one of those things now where it's like, when I rewatched like their entrance, they a hundred percent would pop me now. What was that song? ICP. Something, something about the show. Yeah, that that theme song is incredible. <laughs> but they're absolute. The oddities today. Would be one of those things where they would pop me huge, and then I would come on here and act like I didn't care about them because <laughs> I would be embarrassed. The greatest show that was the song. That was the that was the name of the song. Let's go go to the greatest show, whatever it was, and then they'd all wave their hands and their crowd would yeah. go fucking nuts. Yeah. Kurgan came out and there was a big. Uh... My friends and I, the Survivor Series Deadly Game which is the first pay-per-view we ordered as like a group because that tournament concept was just fucking incredible. There was like this huge argument among my friends about whether boss man was in on it with the rock at the pay-per-view. And I was like getting legitimately angry because they were saying that he, he wasn't in on it. And like, I was so mad and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this was clearly a plan the entire time. Like, (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> they were just like they were doing this thing where like rock turned heel but they just decided they didn't care and like they were going to still treat him like a baby face 
Meanwhile, I was like angry and like didn't like rock anymore and was mm-hmm. fucking mad. Wrestling is a weird time. It's very like even compared to you know, we were what seventeen then, sixteen, seventeen, and we definitely still talk like we knew it wasn't real, but we would still talk about it like it was real. Unlike how we do now, like surely highlight is somewhere, right? The highlight of that pay per view is Foley getting stunned out of his pants. Yeah, because you know Foley wrestles in that suit for like for like most of the show, and when he's wrestling Austin, he gets stunned out of the pants. It's the funniest thing. I love, dude. We were so sure Shawn Michaels is going to be the mystery person. It was fucking Dwayne Gill. Oh god, that's a great segment. Yeah, at the time, I'm sure y'all are livid though. Oh yeah. That's awesome. What a ride that whole thing was. And oh, like it's yeah. one of those that was back when like I got to give credit where it was due like for the most part I'm sure some people would say they disagree with me. Um you did not see that coming. But yet once they did it you could go back and be like holy shit like they basically telegraphed it the whole everything makes sense it's mm-hmm. a great angle yeah it's, yeah it's as much as we rightfully destroy russo and it was of course through the guise of pat patterson events or whatever you know and, and then it's it's russo's magnum opus it's the best thing he ever did yep that's so well done in retrospect and it's like it's one of those things i think a lot of people i think it's lost on a lot of people now because if you if you know like if you watch that for the first time now you you probably already know what happened you know that rock turned mm-hmm. but like if you wanted that show not knowing that it's so great cuz they do they make it seem like it's a series of coincidences mm-hmm. but then once it happens you're like holy shit it all makes sense like yeah there's that great attitude era like soap opera ass moment that WWE was so good at back then where Shane counts for the three, and then he stops at the three yeah. and looks at Austin and flips him off. Yep. <laughs> I think that's in the, what the Boss Man match. No, Mankind match, isn't it? It's it's the it's the Mankind match. I think. What a great night! That's a great show. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how it holds up wrestling wise, but I haven't seen it in years. It's not it's really not bad, very good match on there, but the but the booking still peak great. Yeah. It's still yeah. great. Yeah, much like Spring Stampede 2000, which was built around a great Vince Russo tournament. Mm. Yeah, I actually like Slam Bray 2000. I that that show's fun. The stuff I've seen from it is fun. Is I mean, it's it's, it's total, huh? Is that the Triple Cage? Yes. Yeah, that's fun. It's a Triple Cage, right? Yeah. Can't argue with that, right? Got like Shane Douglas and Ric Flair, and they got like seven minutes. It's hilarious. Shane is so washed by that point. It's incredible, I'm... man. God bless him. Like he's in there with Flair, who's like fifty, and he's like completely washed, done, cooked. <laughs> like me with my internet connection here at six fifty a.m. Oh, uh, I bet uh, Joe's fuming inside right now. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm too tired. I'm too gonna get a text tired. message as soon as the show ends. He's gonna send one now. Did he freeze again? I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe. He's texting or, me right now. No, he there he goes. Yeah. I've received a text message. 
From one Joe Holbert. Can this read, be read aloud? I know I say a lot of bad things about Bob O'Neill, but he's actually one of my best friends. That's a sweet thing to send at 6.52 a.m. <laughs> oh, so now I can't say what I actually sent. That would be really mean, okay? All right. My That's favorite thing is when that one morning that Joe just started saying nice things about us the other day and yeah. buried Jack Crosby and we all had a good laugh. Did this you is- notice... Um, I'm going to find this now. I was going to do it again then. I was going to be nice. <laughs> I don't know how my internet's going to but listen, man. This is a hell of a team we have here, you know? Isn't it? I think so. Mm-hmm. We, have a, we have a hell of a time. We all have different, you know, like skill sets. and So it's just fun. Did you guys notice that... Um... Joe tweeted that he was lucky and proud to have the three of us on the team, but he only said that he was lucky to have Jay Show on the team. Was that intentional? No, but I was very mad about it. He just pointed out to me and I was very frustrated about it. <laughs> I was too busy popping for the Jack Crosby bit, which was the plan all along was to hit that at the end, and I just... I knew that was the plan, but you screwed it oh, up. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> it happens, man, you know? Sending yeah. the same tweet. I should have just copy and pasted that shit, but... I'm sure it's fine. She didn't seem to notice, so don't tell her. So here's what we're going to do. We're actually not going to stop at three hours. We're going to go six hours because Christian just got off work and wants to know what. So so, so, so what's going to happen is we're going to do everything we've done the last two hours and 46 minutes and just repeat it so that Christian can get caught back up. I do legitimately feel bad because Christian probably thinks he's coming into like an hour and 15 and we're just going to cut off here in about 15 minutes.
telling stories. <laughs> well, I was going to play the whole thing, didn't you? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. And I was how, about, how, about, how about this? How about this? How about this? Yeah, I just busted right inside him, and he can't extend on me anymore, and he seems a little overwhelmed by my girth and tonnage. <laughs> hey, guys, you know you know who Hangman and Page is going to beat in five minutes flat of the pay-per-view? It's baby! <laughs> Tell you what. That was a close one there for Skip. Yeah. about that, but he was close. The knees, man, the knees. God bless him. Trying his best out there. We, we. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. When we like didn't like Rampage. We did. We did like anal, You know, analysis. I felt like everyone liked it except me. Oh, yeah, but we kind of, like, pretended to support you as a good friend. Yeah. You know. Wish I got the same I didn't even hit the show. I just wasn't invested. It was fine. It was just very B-show, I thought, you know, other than the opener. That's fine. It's not a big deal. I mean, it's only, you know, like, whatever, the promotion's dead. At least they're going to buy Ring of Honor and they'll have another shot at it, you know? Agreed. What do you think the reaction will be on Twitter when Tony Khan reveals Jim Cornette is the new head booker of Ring of Honor, reprising his role from 2011? I don't think that's a good idea. I don't even. What do you think? What's going to happen? What do you think the reaction? Things in wrestling were booked on pretty well, weren't they? Yeah, but you yeah, well. Well, I mean, I think it would pop done, you. I don't watch. I didn't watch that shit, man. I think no. it would. I think it would pop you. Like the way they wrestled, but like doing having them work as like a sub and tag was not necessarily what that audience wanted, you know. Yeah. Big long heat segments against the world's greatest tag team. This time.
Bobby, what's up? You just you're not saying anything. You try to wait out. Shoot refuses. He's gonna keep playing the music. You have to say something. You have to make a statement of some kind. I don't have any statement to make, man. I'm very tired. Here's what we're gonna do, Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next, latest episode of Fed Dead Redemption, <laughs> starring Rob O'Neill. We should do that in the 12-hour show. We should have you do Fed Dead, right? Yeah, we probably should. How about Raw? Raw was actually pretty good this week. Good. Yeah. And when I got mad at you? I do. Oh, we're going to see the uh, Rhea and Alexa thing play out in real time on Monday. That's going to be really fun. Definitely what's going to happen. It definitely won't be Alexa making the save when Liv Morgan gets beat up by the women's tag champs. That's true. Um... Rock through an office chair at someone tonight. That was fun. Rock did. Yeah. Historical Oracle. Today we are covering New Japan 1981. Oh no. Um, Set the stage for us. Yeah, that's actually true. Yes. (laughs) Great match. Just listening, you're missing everything that's happening here because we've said about 10 words in the last 25 minutes. Good Good lord, I don't even know what just happened. Well, I think what happened was we realized we didn't have time for an actual topic, so we just said we're going to just fill space here with filth, and we sure did that. Hold on. Bob's just refusing to play ball, and I respect it. He's like talking. Go fuck yourself. If you were to rank Midwest cities, <laughs> Bob, yeah, where would St. Louis compare to? <laughs> where would St. Louis compare to Chicago? Um, slightly worse. Why is that? There's not really as much to do here as there is up there, but I also lived up there a lot longer. Can you list the top 55 St. Louis wrestlers ever? Um, No, probably not. What about the top five? Probably not that either, because there's so much that I like haven't watched, because it's obviously like a big city. Um, what about the top two? Rest- um... Randy Orton and Cowboy Bob Orton. Who I don't think it's from here, but it's fine. Bob. Yep. Give me your top five wrestlers from Columbus that would be most suited to shoot in an angle with Rhea Ripley this Monday night on Raw. Um, Alexa Bliss. Yep. Mm, 
Probably about it. There's a lot of wrestlers from Ohio. Is she the only one from Columbus? Where would I be? Macho Man Randy Savage is from Columbus. Oh, really? Mm. I don't think he's going to be in an angle on Monday, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. It was said with such sincere doubt that it was just perfect, Bobby. There you go. Chris got a good question. Bob, who should be in the dunk contest next year? Man, people that can actually dunk. Mm. I don't know how much you watch of it, Jay. It was bad. Like People that we actually know. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not reacting to you, Bob. I'm sorry. I'm just seeing what my... my <laughs> <laughs> screenshots. Screenshots now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when, when Jack became a parent and... He talked with such caution on the air that people thought he had like some sort of disease, or he was gonna <laughs> he was gonna be going away. For... <laughs> you might not see me for a while, guys. Fight <laughs> my life ahead. Hey, man, you're supposed to be congratulating you, terrifying us with the way you're talking about this. God bless him. He's taking it seriously. God bless him. He should too. Bob, you could learn something from that. Um, Joe, I did see the Sixers game. It was very interesting to have the point of attack be able to shoot the basketball. Didn't realize that was a thing you guys have enjoyed for a long, long time here. James Harden is such a strange. He's such a strange player, right? Like he's incredible, and it appears he's playing like so within himself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like walking up the court, they double team him, <laughs> turns around, fires it in, pocket pass to Embiid. He's, he's incredible. Yeah, he's averaging like eleven assists. It's wild. Yeah. He looked great tonight, man. He's 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 gonna as a regular season team, they're gonna be spectacular. They've been good enough with just Embiid. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be spectacular. I have my concerns about Harden in the playoffs. Always have, but it's an incredible deal that Murray pulled off. I mean, ridiculous deal. Yeah, I like Jack Crosby too, Josh. He's actually one of the nicest guys I know. He likes us mm. for some reason too. Me at least. Mm. Well, yeah. Obviously, yeah, but I have a commentary. Wait, what happened? Yabba dabba do. Yeah. Um, hey, guys. Yabba dabba. Yabba dabba. Yabba yabba. Yabba yabba. Hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Yay. Hey, guys. I'm going to send you a tweet. I want to see if you pop. And I think Bobby knows exactly the tweet I'm going to send. We cannot say what this tweet is. We just have to just pop when you see it. Very, very good stuff on Twitter. Definitely a very good tweet. Definitely. Dukes has asked if Oracle's having a stroke. Fair question, Oracle. Um, <laughs> I can't answer that. You can't. Good. Fair. <laughs> Bob, have you seen this? Yeah. Would you tweet that? Probably not. No. Shoot. Where did you send it? The Grin group chat. Jack isn't in. Jeremy isn't in. Jay Shell isn't in. Seems bad. Oracle, have you read Death of the Territories? Josh asks. That's a choice. I have not. I haven't either. I should read that. It sounds very. It sounds like something I would pop for. So, uh. This has been the late night grin, I guess, right? No, we're not done yet. Okay, good. Do you want to talk about Texas again? I'm I'm testing something over here. 
Okay, you prepare the bit, Bob. Filled it out. Okay. Um. What you know the um, the Lakers do not look good. They still don't look good. They haven't looked good all year. Um. Bob, Bob, they're becoming every sports radio guy for the last forty years. Filled that air. How about them Lakers? It's rough, man. <laughs> they probably should have got some players that are good now instead of good. You know. Bro. What are we doing? <laughs> Who knows, man? I thought we were going to bed. That Westbrook deal was such an obvious disaster, man. I can't believe. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. No, like, I know I've done the thing where, like, oh, they should have just got DeRozan, but, like, that's not even a hindsight thing. He wanted to go there. Pervert. Fair. Anyway, are we done now, shoot? Yeah, I think so. I've I've now learned there's a there's a new tool that we can put to use. Right. This picture that that thing of that image of Jack is a PDF file, so we can make PDF oh. files and put them on the oh. screen and, and have us. On the so that's what we're gonna do for the greatest wrestler ever draft. Yeah. There you go. I have another pitch too that I've told shoot about. I'm gonna just announce this now even though I've not talked to Jack Crosby about it. Folks, I intend in April to do something truly historic. We're going to do an AEW draft like we did last April, Jeremy and I did on the Twitch channel. And the teams are going to be as follows. If everything works as I hope it will. This is April, okay? Oracle and myself. Bobby and Jay Shell confirmed shoot and Jack Crosby. In one of the most historic events in Grin history. Lots to look forward to, but first, let's not forget Monday, 12-hour stream. I need you there, Grinners. I need you loud. I need you popping. I need you having ideas, you know, gimmicks, things to make me uh, think about while I try not to lose my mind. Other than that, I think that's just about all of the, the promotion for me. Guys, do you have guys anything to promote here? Yeah, Bob, you've got some stuff to promote, right? Uh no, not really. <laughs> Shoot, are you preparing another bit or are you? I might be. Yeah. Uh... Okay. okay so um, make it... Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Bob. Well, yeah. You know, come back Monday for the twelve-hour stream. It's gonna be a really special, fun thing. Um, and for a good cause, and that's important too, because um, you know, a lot of stuff's going on right now, and a lot of uh, on everyone's mind is how can I help, and this is a way that you can help in a very small way, and uh, it really means a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we're already, um, we're already over the fifty bucks mark. So wow! Yeah, I think we, I think we're going to be able to do something pretty cool here on Monday. And if you're, if you're going to wait for the show, that makes perfect sense. I only made that an option because I know people will forget and you know whatever. But we're going to have some fun. But we're we're doing it for something that's more important than just you know popping ourselves. So it'll be pretty cool. Um, shoot, would you like to unveil whatever you've prepared here? Yeah, here we go. Okay, Bob. So what we're going to do is I want you to, to narrate this. So this is a, a universal remote control guide. Mm-hmm. Can you read that, Bob? I legitimately cannot because it's too small. Um wow. 
Okay, slide three. Um, step five, which is very important, um, is to find a place to store your remote. Mm. Um, section six goes over how to program the remote control for your devices. Um, what if none of the codes work? Bob, what, what would you do in a situation where none of the codes work? Smash it on the ground. <laughs> Fair. Uh, let's see. Changing volume control. Oh, okay. That's important. Um, Let me very quickly, because uh, it's an actual question, I should probably answer. I didn't mention. Um, Josh, Voices of Children is the is the uh, the charity. Um, they work with kids that uh, you know experience war in in eastern Ukraine. So that's just what you know. It felt like the 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 right pick here right now. If you got my pin tweet, there's a link, and you can read about it there. Sorry, shoot. Continue your remote control bit. Yeah, I feel like we should probably retire that now. This is well, this I had to is, answer yeah. it, right? You know? What's that? I had to answer it, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's uh, let's see if there's anything else here. Put it back the way I got it. <laughs> Troubleshooting. You got the first one is check the batteries. Yeah. Can I make this? Let me see what this does. Oh, well, that didn't do anything. <laughs> oh, there we go. There's a picture of the remote. Mm. Joe, do you guys have remote controls in uh, yeah. Yeah. England? Okay. We wouldn't be able to navigate from BBC 1 through 364. Mm. If we didn't. Mm. That makes sense. All right. So that... Um, is what we refer to as absurdism. <laughs> the last three hours, seven minutes, fifty seconds, or what we would refer to as absurdism. I was genuinely worried about shoot there at one point, as he was. It was, it was the moment in which I, I you know, shoot kind of. Um, There's a moment in which Shoot seemingly said that he would the bit would end now, it felt right to, and then immediately began to scroll more and said, actually, this is what else we got here. <laughs> it happened within about a second. <laughs> right. Here's what we're gonna do, folks. Hang on a second, let me take that off because Bobby is really popping, and there's nothing I love more than when Bobby pops like that. Love it, man. Love that dude. Right, here we go. We have an outro. You've seen it by now. But I want to really set the stage for it here. So, you've seen The Last of Us. We've had a wonderful grin. We will all be back in some form or fashion on Monday um, for a good cause for 12 hours. I'll be there for the whole 12. The guys will be popping in that and we'll be there having a lot of fun. There'll be a reunion on that show. And now I give you an outro that I feel deserves a better build-up, quite frankly, than my voice can provide. So, here we go. <laughs>